0: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the H3 Podcast live every Friday at twitch.tv forward slash H3 Productions, except sometimes it's not on Friday. Uh, Thank you to Omaha Steaks, Lyft, MeUndies, and Honey for sponsoring this episode of the H3 Podcast. If you guys have any questions for us or our guests today, give us a ring at 818-214-8504. Next week, there's a lot of... There's some housekeeping stuff to get. Keep it. Just keep chilling. Keep that house. <laughs> keep, keep chilling. Um, sometimes it surprised me how much housekeeping we have.
1: Right. It-
0: but anyway, uh, Michael's here. I'm going to do like an official intro, but I just want to mm-hmm. say we have some house. Just keep chilling. You're doing good. <laughs> doing great. Uh, next week, I'm very excited to say that we have Brendan Green coming on to the podcast, AKA Player Unknown. The creator of the massive successful PUBG, he's the director designer producer a.k.a. The new notch right <laughs> um, very excited that episode will be at an irregular time Wednesday the 20th at 3 p.m. Leave your questions for him on the subreddit. I'll be throwing that up here after this live broadcast. I forgot to put it up today's guest is a saucy fellow <laughs> a V saucy fellow if you will. We all know him and we all love him. He's Michael. And he's, you've recently ascended from a science guy to a living meme status, I would say. I think the Vsauce memes are in high demand as far <laughs> as the meme economy is concerned. He just came out with a uh, second season of YouTube uh, Red Series, Mindfield was just released. And I had an excellent time watching it. And he's got one of the best channels on YouTube, Vsauce. Very honored and thrilled to introduce uh, once again to the show, Michael. Thank you. Great to be
2: here. Yeah, Great nice to be to have back. You back. Yeah. After being here for the groundbreaking of
0: this very studio,
2: right. I'm back.
0: <laughs> it's it's very cool. You are our, I think, our first ever
3: guest, guest in, in the studio. In the studio.
1: In yeah.
2: studio. It's yeah. a lot Your different. Your first huh? ever was yeah. PewDiePie,
1: right? It was yeah. outside yeah. of the office,
0: and that was like in a some warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> right. He had like an Airbnb in LA. He was oh. shooting scared PewDiePie. Right. Season two, yeah. I don't know if that. Yeah, I think that yeah. was season two. Wow. We all know, we all know how that one ended. A little, great uh, season. Yeah, one of my favorites. I was in it, by the way. Did you know that?
2: No kidding.
0: Just we like did. how you were in Minefield, where like it didn't work. Yeah. And so it's right. kind of like thanks was, for trying. It was actually much worse than that. Were you I was scared? in a full episode. I I, I co-starred me and Ela both in an entire episode. Was no I? No kidding. It was a whole fucking thing. I got electrocuted, bro. For real. Yes.
2: Yeah. Um, Technically. For those science fans out there watching, electrocuted means killed.
1: Are you if serious? you didn't die, you weren't
2: electrocuted. So you were shocked. Shocked, shocked. Shocked. I'm sure there's some other word. But I yeah, didn't know electrocuted. That. Look it up. You have the no, power. No, I believe now. you. I believe you. I'm just, I mean, I've said I'm not saying that I know that shocks me. every word. <laughs> <laughs> Electrifying knowledge. Electrocuted. Can I put my mouth right on the mic? It feels kind of good. You oh, can. yeah.
0: I prefer, I. basically, the more in, the better it sounds. How this? <laughs> a lot know. of famous mouths have been right up next to these.
1: That's
0: true. So you get, there's hep, there's every, every, that was a really passionate and tender kiss. Have you ever seen me I'm kiss? Je- I'm all of a sudden jealous of your wife. You Should be. <laughs> um, yeah, there's all kinds of hepatitis. It's a petri dish. God. It's basically new, new forms of STDs being transmitted to your tongue right now. Glad to be a part of history. Cheers to that.
1: Mo Bradbury was using the mic. Mo
0: Bradbury was yeah. <laughs> That's one set of lips you may not. This want
1: very to mic? Do. Yeah.
3: yeah.
0: You
2: keep this mic here and you guys use the same mics every time. Yeah. Well, We've
1: we switched around actually. Oh you do. Yeah. What? <laughs> well, I've been there before. I don't I've want... been here. This
0: is my mic. I don't he know what Eila's been up to.
1: <laughs> Ethan doesn't move.
0: I don't I fu- I don't let anyone use this mic. Where was Mo? He was this right mic? there.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: we ble- we bleached it though when he was done. <laughs> Thank you. I bleached it like halfway through the show I the <laughs> Just ha- he was like protect me from myself <laughs> yeah I was, like, I was like sorry buddy um, how's the show changed? I mean last time you were here we had like a it was it was kind of a funky setup, right?
2: I think, was, yeah, I was on you that are, couch, on the, yeah. The, yeah, which was very comfortable. Now I'm, I do feel kind of tall with this chair being up high, <laughs> but I'm afraid to move it because then the mic will have to move oh, and it'll just. Oh, it. you can the mic. I is can very... do I want. Yeah, the mic. I, yeah, the yeah. mic. But what if I don't move it right? What if I get too low? <laughs> no, I
1: don't.
0: No, worry. Don't worry I just want to it. be efficient. You can really just manhandle this thing. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, how are you? How have you been? I mean, how how the hell is life since mm-hmm. we last spoke with you? it's great you know it's been it's been fantastic i just
2: got back from the brain candy fall tour and that is you know it's a it's a slog you know every day you got a show Well, six days right. a week and then you get one day off uh... Wow. we were able to perform wow. in kansas city my hometown mm-hmm. gave shout outs to some teachers that made a difference in my life oh, who were yeah, there in the yeah. audience <laughs> and got to have my grandmothers come yeah. who, who you know couldn't really make it very far away from kansas city so having
0: the show there mm. Um,
1: that must have
0: been really cool. It was really cool. Yeah. That is very cool. You do it six how, So how long do these tours last because you says you do it six times a week at once a day six times a week? So how 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 long is that duration? Well, it could be four weeks like wow. this um, fall one, but in the spring we did nine
2: Holy wow. no break. Great. How, yeah. how oh my I mean God. how
0: Level with me Michael. How awful is it?
2: <laughs> it's it's not because here's the thing Adam Savage has been traveling and touring for years. He right. knows how to make it nice oh. So we've got star coaches, right? <laughs> we've got rooms in the back of these buses. We drive Overnight right you wake up whenever you want to because you don't have to worry about the show until like 6 p.m mm. So you've got a day to just lay in bed go to the dressing room. I could do a lot of work I can mm. still make my regular calls and I can visit the cities. I'm away from home. I'm away from my cats. I'm away from my wife. I'm away from the Vsauce office. and right. That's a drag. Yeah. Right. But uh, meeting people in person is really important. You know, you can watch a YouTube video and and engage with me that way. But when you meet in person, or when you turn your whole evening into just coming to a live show, it's a bigger part of your life. I think yeah. you know you yeah. remember it longer. That's, We've
1: been to a show. It yeah, was really fun. Yeah, we saw. Really it. It was a blast. We guys were
0: in Costa Mesa, right? It was in Santa Barbara.
2: Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara. Yeah. Yeah. That's
1: right. Yeah, it was yeah. a total
2: blast.
0: I remember – it's a total blast. It's a total romp. It's really fun. The kids, they love the goddamn uh, balls. That's what I remember. The balls. <laughs> well, they're free. Yeah, there's free balls. I mean, guys. Free balls. They, you you really – you're selling tickets to Brain Candy, but what you should really be selling is free balls. Free balls. Come. Well, they're not free. Yet well, you have to buy It's yeah. free. It's lots of balls, and then underneath, in parentheses, Brain Candy. Brain Candy. Yeah. Pay for balls. Yeah, pay for the balls. <laughs> yeah. Stay for the candy. Uh, <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: yeah, I found that to be true as well. I mean, when you meet a fan, you re- that personal connection or realizing that these are like real people watching your
2: Oh, man, and the best content. thing is that especially because I'm touring with Adam Savage, <laughs> a lot of makers come to the shows, people mm. who have a craft, people who mm. love uh, to, to make things, and they make us stuff. They wow. make us wire sculptures. A guy made these Muppet. Type puppets of Adam and I that are just oh phenomenal. I mean, it's not like I tried. It's like I'm a professional here. Hmm. Normally, this would have probably been thousands of dollars, and I just made it because oh, I love wow. making puppets. And now I
0: have a puppet of myself, which
2: <laughs> so is you're collecting treasures,
0: good. collect treasures. That's that's powerful. Yeah. How, how do you get nervous before the shows? I mean, this is a serious production, and there's a lot of people in the audience. Create they you know it's it's a whole thing they come out tonight. They come out. They watch you I mean you've done a lot by now, but walk me through the process of of Prepping yourself for that and now after doing it for so long do does the nerve still affect you how how is it? No the nerves don't affect me now They
3: did
2: wow. for
0: that mm. first show because I
2: had never done this I had no idea what the show was gonna be like <laughs> we'd run through a few rehearsals with no one in the audience All right but luckily you know Adam and I are both Pretty good at improv something mm. goes wrong if something mm-hmm. needs to change we can just do that on the spot mm. And you start to get really familiar with it, and then I've got a background of doing live performance Ever since you know high school giving informative speeches and and that kind of stuff in forensics and debate And so I got the butterflies out like I feel comfortable If something goes wrong. I can fix it mm. um,
0: But yeah, <laughs> I feel like I would be shitting my my pants every fucking night yeah. <laughs> we've thought we've toyed with the idea of doing a live tour and I just I think I would lo- I would I would have a breakdown well, it's you too might. much stress you, you might but not forever You know you would get forever, over it forever not forever No, you would you would learn every night would be the worst night of my life. I feel like You know I Disagree I, okay you guys <laughs> yeah. should do it. You, I like you your would, encouragement.
2: Yeah, you'll be super nervous the first time the second the third but then you'll start to be like man I can't wait for this I can't so, wait right so it's a fun
0: thing for you now you go on stage
2: you do your thing you look forward to it it's really fun I mean it's the same show every night but not really because there is no script and so right. we're always tweaking things before the show we will meet and I'll say you know I think that joke would land better if we did this mm-hmm. or I think we should change the order or mm-hmm. I think we should ex- you should explain that part and then I'll explain this part and then you can pretend you don't understand and then I'll pretend I don't understand mm-hmm. and it's always changing. That's pretty fun and it's new to every audience right I've seen the show, or I'm in it, but every (laughs) night, it's a new city, and it's new people who are, like, hearing and seeing these things for the first
0: time. Mm. You had said that you guys are both really good at improv, and so when something goes wrong, you feel comfortable picking up the pieces. What's the most dramatic thing that's gone wrong for you guys on stage? I fall a lot
2: on really? stage. <laughs> you faceplant? Not a faceplant.
0: Um there was one night it was in
2: Canada. I believe it was in London, Ontario where we didn't have the right party fog juice. Normally mm. oh. we use propylene glycol, uh, I I believe and instead we had this oil-based thing okay. which meant that a layer of oil formed on everything on stage oh. including the oh, floor. Man. So you know I dance in the show as you've seen yeah, but it wasn't even during dancing It was just I was just walking carrying this bottle of acetone and boom slip hit the ground Jeez. It was so bad the like I needed to discuss it during the Q&A in the middle of the show because the audience was like
1: Warren. are you okay?
2: And also maybe that was that had to have been scripted and planned because no way the show would have gone on That's not even the worst though the worst you was, ate shit pretty hard it sounds yeah, like. <laughs> yeah. and and I, I I'm a really jumpy person, so when I fall, I don't just like kind of you know fall, I go <laughs> right, right. and then I play it up because I feel like maybe that'll be more entertaining right. and everyone thinks I'm really hurt. another time i I fell and oh, this this was the same the same show with the oily floor. I right. fall, and I feel while I'm falling, I think, you know what? I can save this if I start like, Break dancing, maybe that's sure. what I meant to do. Right. But there was a stage hand in the way and I roll into him because of course the floor is covered in oil. I can't break dance. I can't break dance anyway. But I also can't even like get friction with the ground, so I just right. slide into him right. and That's that not like a killer ruined. show.
0: That shirt, we couldn't get the oil out of it, so was that a good? Was that a favorite shirt of yours?
2: It was a really good stage shirt. That's and so, London, Ontario, you guys were the last ones. Damn. Do people to see
1: upload that. those fails to YouTube, oh. or is it not really? <laughs> I haven't seen any, but I'm I'm sure they wait. Uh, I see them on social. Michael
0: or uh, Mike, Dan, and Ian. Can you guys uh, look up if there's Michael eating <laughs> shit on stage? I want to get <laughs> yeah, that yeah. Check here. it out. There, I
2: know there's some just like
0: dancing and not falling <laughs> clips out there. Oh <laughs> my god! I hope that's up there. I mean, that sounds like a hell of a show. If I'm being honest. Yeah, they were very lucky. <laughs> yeah, they were they're very fortunate people. I, okay, my next question for you is that I'm I'm fascinated by uh, people who do a lot of stuff. Fascinating. Because, thanks, Dan.
3: <laughs> Jeez,
0: no, I can't get a, I can't get a break. People make fun of me because I say fascinating a lot. I, I found it really say, fascinating. And every fascinating. Time, and every time I say fascinating, Dan hits the soundboard to mock me. Fascinating. Fascinating. <laughs> fascinating. <laughs> I'm, I'm. I can't even say it. Do I get, do do I get passes? Should I get some you fascinated can say passes? It, it's
1: the F word.
0: <laughs> the F word. But the guests won't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Dan, yeah, Michael's just confused right now. He has no idea what's going on. All right, let's get. I'm fascinated. Give me a, give me a break, Dan. Give me a fucking pass on this one. <laughs> by showmen or productive professionals who manage so many things in their lives, because I, I find myself always. Like overloaded and I get flustered and lose focus when I have too much shit to do so you're doing minefield Vsauce brain candy the curiosity box. How do you manage all these things at once and keep yourself sane and focused? I? Don't I'm going insane. No, I think what it is
2: is it's um it's about a great team to help you Mm. you know um Mm i'm I'm involved with the curiosity box and and help curate things but there's a different team that packs them deals with orders <laughs> deals with getting samples um uh, and i I love what I'm doing that's kind of a cliche answer but like when I wake up in the morning I want to continue reading about uh, you know rigid rotational dynamics you know because I, I just want to and mm. it happens to also be my job mm. but if I couldn't do that I'd be kind of like Annoyed. Mm. So it's, I'm, I'm really fortunate that my job happens to be what I do anyway when right. I have free
0: time.
3: Mm.
2: But that also means that I, do I ever have free time? Yeah. Like I, I have yeah, to take exactly. a break and say, okay, I'm going to stop
0: well, learning. Do you, and reading. do you feel like you have free time? Do you feel like you need free time? Does being so busy all the time, how does that affect your life? It it doesn't affect my life because my life was already, even before YouTube, the same thing. I just
2: didn't have anyone to listen to what I had discovered. Right. right? I would talk out loud to myself. Um, (laughs) But then with YouTube around, I could just turn who I was into
1: a show, a show.
2: (laughs) Right. And... um, to get bigger than that to do a live show to do the curiosity box to do Mindfield, You have to have other people help
3: mm-hmm. And
2: so How for, many people work with you and supporting you so gosh, I mean there were more than a dozen people on minefield Wow! Um, and we had a number of actual psychologists helping with pre-production because the first season Was classic experiments it was stuff that I knew because uh, I had an undergraduate degree in it And I was like let's just replicate all of these famous experiments. We know the result to expect um, And we kind of you know we know what we want to do but for season two I wanted to go into what are psychologists doing today, mm-hmm. and how are they doing it? Mm-hmm. so we had to bring in people who were career psychologists Mm -hmm. who could then reach out to different universities and say, what are you doing? Uh, What can we help you do? We've got uh, money. Mm -hmm. We've got resources. We've got, in some cases, cameras, like Mm -hmm. um, an episode that isn't out yet. Maybe it will be. When you're watching this uh, was about the placebo effect and how we're enchanted by neuroscience Mm -hmm. that we believe it can do more than maybe it really can Mm -hmm. and having minefield there as a documentary crew. Made people believe that the the study was more powerful mm. than it was because of course it was a placebo study mm. But it must be something if all these people are here mm-hmm. with cameras yeah. if this you know, if Michael Stevens is here It must work
3: mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: and that was all part of of planting that suggestion in their mind that they're gonna get better
0: mm-hmm. That's very cool. I'm looking forward to uh Oh, there's another six episodes coming on Mindfield, or what's the deal? There think, were six out already. I think there are three more. There's eight total, and oh. so far, five have come out. So, mm-hmm. over the next oh, three yeah, weeks, five, yeah. the next three will come out. <laughs> so, I wanted to talk about the season two, Mindfield, actually, because you definitely, it seems, kicked it up a notch from season one. And I, and I appreciate you sacrificing your own body and mind as <laughs> guinea pig. You dabbled in it a little bit, season one, with the deprivation. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I loved the truth serum, and I loved the ayahuasca trip. Tell me about how you guys came up with that idea. And I, I, basically, I just want to hear, like, what was the experience like? Let me start with the ayahuasca because mm-hmm. I feel like on the show, I wanted to, I wanted to hear more about how was that experience for you, right? Because it was fucking, it was a weird, mm-hmm. trippy thing. Like, it's one thing to take a psychedelic and hang out with your friends. It's another thing to hang out in like a jungle while some robed man chants. While you yeah. trip balls. And
1: be recorded for Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's like, yeah. That's a weird way to do a psychedelic. Yes. Hey
2: guys, rather than doing it in like my dorm room, I'm going to do it in the middle of nowhere where no one has cell connection. Where the only way to get back to a city is by taking a boat ride for hours You're and implying flying. there
0: was a measure of paranoia. There was a lot of
2: fear. And I don't right. think, you know, we didn't record a lot of that. But I was really nervous as the date approached because I couldn't. Say no, I mm. could I made it very clear that like look if we're going to do this We all need to agree that up until the moment. I put it to my lips. I can say no
3: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> And no one's going to be mad mm-hmm. that we went all the way out there <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Because I, I didn't plan on not not doing it, but I wanted to reserve the to right. Action. I didn't want to feel forced Yeah um, And so I said look when it comes to the, de- the decision process and what we do and how it works the that hierarchy goes me then the shaman, and then everyone else. I love that the, the shaman, shaman. supersedes. Yeah. <laughs> if the shaman thinks that we need to have the lights off, if the shaman thinks right, that we need okay. to stop recording, right. and <laughs> I can't respond, you listen to the shaman. Yeah. I know he's not on payroll. I know YouTube didn't approve him as a director, right. but... Did
0: he get EP credits?
2: I don't know what he got.
0: Okay. Um, but he was a great guy. He was also our boat captain. <laughs> oh, he's a wow. uh, he uh, moonlights. Yeah. Yeah, he moonlights with the ayahuasca. All right. Okay. Yeah, but tell me about that experience, because I'm I, first of all, was it your first psychedelic experience? As far as my mother knows, yes, of course. It <laughs> okay. Was. All right. Yeah. She's not watching this. This
2: is <laughs> your mother's show. And and so, um, uh, it was, ah, uh, man. I think the the initial emotion I had before the ceremony was aggravation. Really? Yeah, because I was nervous. But I couldn't. I couldn't do it my way. What was your way? My way would have been to not have all the cameras there. Don't have to make a show. Right. And so this is what's going through my mind. I'm like uh, hanging out in the hut, waiting for the the shaman and and his assistants to come and get me. But I can't just get picked up and then taken to the 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 ceremony. We have to like do multiple angles and takes. The experience oh, couldn't yeah. be authentic. It was it was totally authentic but I had a job to do during it. Right. Yeah. That was the hard part that I couldn't just completely surrender myself to the right. experience right. as me, I had to be Michael the host of Mindfield. Right. I had to listen to direction like, "Ooh, you know what? We have to do that again because like this light was in the wrong place <laughs> or oh, we need to get the coverage <laughs> of the God. shot of you entering." And I'm fine doing that, but I had bigger things on my mind. <laughs> and like so,
1: colors and shapes. Well,
2: n- <laughs> not even not even then yet because I hadn't you even wanna, taken it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I didn't. I didn't even know what kind of colors and shapes are they going to be. It, it was frightening. Okay. So then we've got uh, a crew of people, right? We've got something like eight people there, and they've got microphones all around. And usually you do this in the complete darkness. Mm. That makes for a terrible show. <laughs> so we had to have lights installed, which made me really self-conscious. Right. Because not only. Am I being watched mm-hmm. and surrounded by people
0: you're expected to perform which I can only imagine would be such an Awful feeling while you're tripping balls. right okay, so expected
2: to perform was another concern I had So I also made it clear that if if I do nothing, right. but lay there catatonically for eight hours You're all going to be happy agreed. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 because yeah. I don't want to have any responsibility or obligation Because you're in a different state of mind. Yeah, and I can perform. It's my career. That's my job I'm used to that In This state of mind right if I get hangry or grumpy or happy. I can still do those jobs But I wasn't familiar with what it was like to be in the state of mind that DMT creates Mm -hmm. So luckily we had all that figured out and it wasn't that big of an issue, but I felt really Unhappy that I had to have all these eyes on me Mm -hmm. and and then as the drug started to take the effect I felt feelings of guilt Mm, because here. I am I was paid Mm-hmm. To fly to Peru to take drugs. Mm-hmm. And only I got to take them. Mm-hmm. No one else on the crew uh, had signed the right insurance paperwork or w- would probably be able to do their job properly if they had also taken it. So <laughs> that would have been interesting though. It could have been interesting. Maybe f- season three. The boom the boom the guys. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. 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 Uh, so, uh, I mean, the shaman drank some.
0: You okay. know. I didn't know he him. would do that. But when he took a dose, I was like – Were you a little concerned when you saw the shaman dip in?
2: Yeah, because I was thinking, wait, I thought you were going to watch it over me. You're my guide, bro. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> let me let me tell you this. When the, the, the effects got stronger and stronger, my feelings of fear and guilt and – and co- the, the self-awareness of all the cameras on me that every motion I, I did was going to be caught. And if I sat up, they'd have to reposition cameras. And I'd be <laughs> aware of that. And what if it didn't work? What if they needed to give me some kind of direction and I wasn't in the right state of mind? I eventually realized, hey, as annoying as it is to have all these cameras around, if we didn't have the cameras here, there wouldn't be a show and i'm doing this for the audience i'm doing this for robin the researcher who was there mm-hmm. it's not about me all of these concerns about hey guys stop walking that noise is frustrating or right. stop asking for the coverage shots that's my job <laughs> it's for everyone else mm-hmm. this is not for me and starting to think about i need to just give robin i come come do the 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 um EEG scan. I'm ready for that. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to but then I realized by allowing you to do it. I'm giving It's not about me and what I want. It's mm-hmm. about what everyone's here for. Mm-hmm. So that's a lesson. I took that's at, interesting. From that afterwards interesting. Yeah How that's uh,
1: interesting because it makes you think about When when something is your hobby and then becomes your job. It's kind of like it's not so much about you anymore
0: Yeah, (laughs) that is kind of profound. Yeah, exactly. Did you 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 felt that on a level that you hadn't realized before?
2: Yeah, I mean, I literally Envisioned myself as this like uh, waterfall. That's just offering (laughs) Hmm. It's water to the world and I'm like (laughs) I I remember sitting there going at some point Robin has to come over and give me a series of questions He's got to put this thing on my head and measure the electrical electrical activity there and I could say no And I planned on saying no Mm. until I realized the way to get rid of all that anxiety was to just say, let's do this. Mm.
0: (laughs) I am a vessel for your research. Mm. Were you concerned from the beginning that you weren't going to be able to to perform that?
2: Mm. No, I wasn't really concerned because I figured even if it all completely is messed up And we don't get everything right that in, in and of itself is a story. whatever happens is good.
0: Whatever happens is good well, How did the experience meet match up to your expectation? Let's 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 just assume that you've taken other psychedelics. Let's just imagine a world where you have how would that? Uh, hypothetically compare to your experience well it, It's it's different for every single person hmm. But
2: anxiety was my biggest fear mm. because once you're you're once you've drank the ayahuasca, it's you're you're on the ride. Mm. Like you can't right. take the antidote right, you know? And the first ceremony was really pleasant and and quite low in in its dosage. The second one, within twenty minutes, I was
0: like, "Oh, <laughs> no, You took twice as much as I recall. You took like a third of a cup the first time, and then, Three-fourths of a cup. That's right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And it happened so fast I had lost control. I no (laughs) longer was, like, observing what was happening. Hmm. Things were just happening to me. Right. And my heart started racing. Right. We had a medical doctor there, which normally you don't because it's not dangerous physically. um, But – Uh, YouTube requested that we have a doctor there. That
1: makes sense. Yeah. And so
2: I was, but here's the thing. My heart was going, it was literally beating very fast. I actually, there's a moment where I touch my chest and I'm like, yep, it's really happening. (laughs) But then I thought, how do I let the doctor know? Mm -hmm. Because I can't think, this is not how I normally feel. Mm. Is it weird if I just say, hey, um, help?
3: Right. And then be like, what? How are they going (laughs) to
2: interpret that? And so I just... I thought maybe I'll just ask for water You know, <laughs> maybe that like will tether me back down to reality because someone will have to bring me
0: water And that's a really money this is so uh, I've been like I feel like I've been in that headspace yeah. of trying to like you're stuck between like the ethereal world and the physical world and trying to make sense of Being on another in another yeah. place, and it's frustrating. I hate that and feeling. it's
2: frustrating because I was probably uh, most consumed not by anxiety but by the feeling of how do I relay and describe what's happening to me hmm. later hmm. you know yeah. because that's what always annoyed me about um uh, discussions of psychedelic experiences is that it all felt really vague mm-hmm. and hard to empathize Abstract. with and now I, I i mean i i know why it's it's like describing colors to someone who's never sure. seen <laughs> it it's a completely different
0: state of mind <laughs> right and so i i every psychedelic experience i've had i've hated it I don't know why would you say it doesn't sound like you quite hated it But it seems like it was marked with some negative feelings Exactly. My yeah in my experience I always have a lot of I think my problem is like I'm too anchored I never really let mm. go and you're always like resisting the urge to just kind of float off And you're trying to yeah. like hold on to the earth as you're floating to the sky I think getting over that resistance is a right.
2: big part of what psychedelics teach you right? I didn't I I didn't break th- from that but I'm aware now of its existence. Mm-hmm. I know what it feels like. Um, Robin Carhart-Harris from Imperial College London who came with me uh, didn't say I had a bad trip. He describes it as a challenging trip. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I like that. Um, I'm still glad that I did it, but I'm not like, I got to do it again. <laughs> and I think that's fine. You know, that's yeah, exactly that's, it's fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, think,
0: I think if you're so that eager to return to that state of mind, you're probably – Having some trouble dealing with the, the actual physical world. If you're so eager to embark out there and, and, and on a daily have, basis. Yeah.
2: Um, I don't know. But I know that um, there's a bonus clip where we spoke to a woman who took uh, psilocybin as part of this. What coping that? with that? Oh, death, that's like mushrooms. mushrooms. Yeah. She took a pill uh, through, through a study at NYU. <laughs> mm. And she worked with these researchers for months. And they crafted a pill just for her based mm. on her weight. Based on her past, they knew what dosage to give her, and they – I think she felt incredibly safe.
0: She wasn't mm. in the middle of this brand new this place. This was uh, therapies for coping with death?
2: Yeah. she Her had, death. Uh, uh, yeah, because she had been diagnosed with cancer. Oh. And to confront your own mortality wow. is obviously frightening. But they, they were experimenting with how psychedelics can help you deal with those feelings. Mm. And she was – it was a phenomenal experience for her. She she t- tells a story of of seeing a table with all of her family and friends, but also death is at the table. Mm. And she realized, yeah, death's invited, of course. Mm. Mm. And and ever since this happened years ago, ever since she's felt much better. She's she's, um, you know, felt healthier and she only took that one pill. It's not like she has wow. to take so one every month. It's one
0: dose. Ah, that's that. That's awesome. I love the. I think psychedelics and and drugs like that really have a lot of value to our society. It's just it's a shame that they get stigmatized. And I think that stigma itself is what contributes to a lot of the negative feelings you have when you take it. I think so too, yeah, because you start to feel like, oh my gosh. I'm doing something wrong or I'm dangerous. doing something wrong. Yeah.
2: In fact, I, I had this thought that cracked me up during that second ceremony where I was like, you know what? When the shaman lights the candle and says that it's over, first of all, it's very comforting because he knows how long these experiences last. When he lights that candle, it's proof to me that the effects are, are only um, going to wear down from now. Mm. I mean it takes a very long time, but they, they – when you're going down, you start to regain control. Anyway, mm. I'm thinking, you know, once he lights the candle and, like, the crew's done, the first thing I'm going to say is, I can't believe I'm going to have to tell my mom I did this. <laughs> and that made me crack up because it's just it just seemed sound like such a funny thing. But I didn't wind up saying it because it just felt like a joke when the yeah. experience was really dramatic <laughs> right. and, and and poignant. But uh, I – um. Forgot what I was about to say.
0: You were the... you were uh, talking about the stigma, how it makes the oh experience... yeah.
2: I think that if if yeah. I was part of the you know Shapibo indigenous tribe where this is a, a medicine prescribed all the time, I would not have felt the same kind of. Am I a bad right, person? Right, right, right. Am I? Am I I mean this is illegal in the country that I live right. and I should feel bad that I'm doing this This yeah. is a behavior that only bad people do right and you have that social baggage right. on you.
0: Yeah, it's interesting You know, I, I've I heard about a study that doctors are starting to use MDMA to treat PTSD So they give you a dose of MDMA which is ecstasy in the pure form and they sit you down and I guess it it, it um. It it makes you feel more comfortable ta- opening up, and you feel more comfortable with the emotions that you're dealing with. And so, all these drugs that that I think it's a shame. I really think it's a shame this war on drugs. What it's done. I, I, I genuinely believe that people. I I genuinely believe that people don't abuse drugs unless there's something else going on. Like people don't just all of a sudden become addicted to drugs. I think all drugs should be legal. And people should decide what they want to do. And if there's education and support to help people navigate those waters, that we would be a healthier, better society. And the word drugs, what does it mean? Because it it catches so many things.
2: Everything from heroin to Mm -hmm. DMT to 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 caffeine to Tylenol, right? And so we... Uh have done a disservice to both ourselves and to innovation and knowledge by saying, ooh, you're going to study psychedelics. Right. We really only want to fund that if you're going to be studying the bad side of them. Right. And only recently has that started to break apart. And we have this now renaissance of of investigation of psychedelics. Um, Imperial College London has this whole psychedelics research group. And that's who, w- what Robin was from, who came with us. Mm. And so. We're starting to be able to understand more about the mind because you cannot have a complete theory of the mind if you avoid or ignore Something that it's capable. Absolutely. Right. I mean,
1: it's crazy that I Mean yeah, we've tried some obviously by now from the way we're talking about it and It's it's weird to see what your mind is capable of So and I would want to do it on like a daily or weekly or I don't I mean we don't do anything now but we've tried it and yeah, I think sure. the Experience of trying something like that is really interesting, just to learn about your own yeah. body people are and there's
0: all there's all these scares like you like you take acid once and you lose your mind. I knew a guy who took acid and fucking jumped off a roof or he never came back from the trip like these are these are I swear to God these are all just old wives' tales that are just designed to spook you. I don't think that really happens
2: yeah when I was a kid Maybe I, very I read... very very rarely right uh. Well, two things. One, when I was a kid, I read the story about the guy who took LSD, thought he was an orange and locked himself in a closet because he was afraid of being juiced. And, (laughs) you know, you think, oh, my gosh, how terrifying. And and to be fair, this is a significant decision. This isn't like, hey, you know, what you should do is invest in gold. You know, you really you should. It's I don't think anyone (laughs) should. I don't have any (laughs) advice or or I'm not going to. Recommend to anyone what they do. It's their Mm -hmm. choice or maybe the choice a medical professional should make Mm -hmm. But the fact that you know Hila you're like well as you guys can tell like maybe we have done
1: some That
0: caginess we have to have
2: about
1: it. Yeah, I I feel bad like even talking about it because then people are gonna say Oh, you guys are promoting drug use. I'm not promoting it.
0: I don't endorse it and I don't recommend it I just feel
1: like you should be able to talk about it and right
0: and like I think like you said it's a big decision to make for yourself Mm -hmm. and I don't think that it needs to be caged by Law or stigma. I think that there should be open dialogue. There should be conversation and like go go to a place like places in Europe Where drugs are legal and they'll test it for purity for you so that you don't take something awful and die right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, how is that it not worse? Means that some shady stuff can happen with the drugs. It means that mm-hmm. shady bad people are gonna own the market It's not gonna be regulated and there's not gonna be any you're not gonna feel like there's anyone there who can help you or advise you through through the experience Something I found fascinating
2: was that when I spoke with Robin. Hit him. Hit him with the damn fascinating. Fascinating. <laughs> I asked Robin, the head of the psychedelics research group at Imperial College London. I'm like, so what's your experience with psychedelics? Right. Yeah. Assuming she d- she's done it. He.
3: Yeah.
1: He.
2: Sorry. Robin. Robin, hey. Robin. Robin like Batman and Robin. Right. He goes, well, I don't talk about that.
1: I was like what it's what? like dude Why?
2: and he's like well yeah. you know my, my grandmother might see this that's such a cop out and i'm i'm saying that is that is
0: I was gonna say fascinating. I'm like that is. You see, it's fucked up. It's yeah, fat, it's like drugs. It's the F word. I've, I've got um, all the stigma like, around that. What word. a
2: great example of that yeah. stigma. That's your job is to research psychedelics, and you can't say a... that you've ever yeah. experienced them. What other scientist does that? Oh, mm-hmm. uh, I study gorillas. Oh, have you ever seen any? Oh no, yeah. I would never look at a gorilla. Right. I, I talk to people who have looked at them. Yeah. Or an, imagine an astronomer who's like, Yeah, I've I've been studying the stars and the motions of the planets. I've never looked up. Yeah, don't judge me. I don't look <laughs> yeah. up. I it's... talk to others who have and until we break that barrier I think we're really missing out on a big part
0: of the human mind. It's a, such mm-hmm. a beautiful paradox I think of of this guy. I love it even on a personal level. He's like no no no. I don't talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> anyway Listen, let's let's roll to a break um, Quick thank you to our sponsors and we will be right back with your boy saucy saucy V sauce <laughs> Thank you to Omaha Steaks for sponsoring this episode of the Tree 3 Podcast. Listen, Omaha Steaks is a product that I am fully behind. You know that uh, scene in Pulp Fiction where they open this mystery chest and it's like glowing orange? Well, that's basically what they send you. I receive my package full of fillets, sirloins, pork chops, and galbalsas. It arrives in this chest with ice and you open it. It's like glowing. It's like I'm enlightened when I open this thing. It's unbelievable. Let me tell you about Omaha Steaks. For $49.99, you can get my family gift pack. When you go to their website and search H3 in the search bar, that's 75% off. This is high quality meats, my friends. For $49.99, listen to what you get. Two filets of the mignons. I knew a guy who once said fillet mignons.
1: He was Australian. He
0: was Australian. Apparently that's what they call it in Australia. But I didn't (laughs) know that. I'm sitting at a restaurant with this guy. He goes, I'll have a fillet mignon." I'm like... (laughs) Like you're not people aren't that dumb
3: <laughs>
0: If you're that uncultured you don't deserve a filet mignon 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 I just thought it was funny fillet mignon you get two fillet mignons. You get two top sirloins. two boneless pork chops four boneless chicken breasts four kielbasa Sausages hold on let me catch my breath Four burgers four potato agarattons, which my is favorites. yeah, these are actually incredible. I don't care about
1: the meat the potato
0: Hila. The meat is incredible. <laughs> the potatoes are good. I'm not going to take that away from you. It's a huge potato ball that's like I, it's like mashed potato in a ball. Yeah. It's like who made what genius made this? You get four of those. Four caramel apple tartlets, t- t- <laughs> one Omaha steak seasoning pack, and plus in addition because they love you and because I love you, you get four additional kielbasses. Say it with me because it's a lot of fun to say kielbasa sausages. <laughs> absolutely free on top of that. You get all of that for $49.99. That's 75% off by going to omahasteaks.com and in the search bar type H3, and you'll find my family gift pack. Omaha's got over 500 gourmet gift ideas. They got great steak experiences at home, the most flavorful, tender, aged beef, plus seafood, poultry, pork, veal, lamb, veggies, dessert, appetizers, pasta, soup, seasoning. They're basically just listing everything. (laughs) They've got it all in, in, in short. Convenient and quick shopping, guys. It's for those on your list. Ages, it's aged for 21 days to unlock the full flavors of the cuts. Hand trimmed, vacuum sealed, my friends. Very cool. You are not gonna wanna miss this H3 family pack. So head on over to OmahaSteaks.com. Enter my code H3 in the search bar and get 275% savings. Unheard of. You're gonna love this. I guarantee it. Thank you, Omaha. Appreciate you and your steaks. Thank you to Lyft for sponsoring this episode of the A Street Podcast. Lyft knows that their drivers it is what keeps them moving, literally. So they do everything they can to make sure their drivers are happy on every trip. It's a simple formula. Dri- happy drivers mean happy passengers. Maybe that's why 9 out of 10 Lyft drivers get a perfect five-star rating. Are they? I don't know that they can take credit for that. I, I think the drivers are just nice. But I guess it's a nice <laughs> environment, right? I mean, I don't yeah. know who you can take credit for I mean, you know, pe- people helping people, right? You're gonna meet interesting people, you can have chat. If you wanna be a writer, you wanna be an artist, a creative, get hop in a lift and drive some around. You're gonna learn a lot of things. People can give you five stars, you can be happy about yourself, give you confidence. Okay. But you know, forget all that because you can earn <laughs> hundreds of dollars a week plus tips. Wanna earn more money? Drive more. It's never been easier to give yourself a raise. Lyft was the first ride share platform with tipping built right in okay, and uh, So because getting tips shouldn't depend on your passenger having a crumpled bill in his pocket And let me just say to their credit. I completely agree.
1: I never have cash on me
0: I prefer riding Lyft because I can tip through the app, and I I don't carry cash. Hello. I only carry Bitcoin (laughs) Yeah, right Does Lyft accept Bitcoin? (laughs) I don't understand cryptocurrency. You can't use it. No, I'm just, I don't get it. Okay. <laughs> you can't use it. How is it a currency? It's like the monopoly money. You keep 100% of the tips and they add up quick as heck, my friends. Drivers have been paid over 200 million dollars since this feature was first introduced. Express Pay lets you get paid almost instantly except waiting for weeks and hope maybe not even getting paid at all by these scumbag employers out there. You don't got to deal with that when you drive for Lyft. Lyft has taken the guesswork out of pickups. The new amp device uses color coding to help passengers find their drivers, guys. So listen up. Join the ride-sharing company that believes in treating its people better. Go to lyft.com H3 today and you will get a $500 new driver bonus. That's 500 clams for a new driver bonus. That's Lyft lyft.com slash h3 lift.com slash h3 limited time only and terms do apply so thank you to lyft for sponsoring us if you're in the market for if you try to pick up some money consider uh, supporting us with lyft and if you want some dang meats please consider supporting us with Omaha steaks thank you so much for watching let's get back into the sauce and we're back three podcast with Vsauce what you did you ever consider puking out the ayahuasca after you drank it were you like can I do that?
2: It, you don't have time as soon as it's entered your body You can You're try done. to vomit it up, but some DMT's
0: already entered your bloodstream
2: But um, you would
0: reduce the effect if you just like gagged
2: Maybe yeah, uh, I mean you probably, it, it would have to be the case probably right be a
0: rough start um,
2: vomiting and, and diarrhea are or not not diarrhea, but like Lots of pooping could be solid. I'm assuming is a big part of the ayahuasca experience, and oh. and it, it's um, how nice something to prepared for. I had a puke bucket there. There are bathrooms there that Was you can take to. Was that captured on a film? Never happened. Never happened. <laughs> I never even felt like I had an upset huh. stomach.
1: Interesting. And
2: I've heard of shaman who encourage that it's part of the process of kind of you know, your purifying yourself um, And there could be a legitimate medical uh, Reason that it's good in mm-hmm. that you can flush out harmful bacteria if you really are having some intestinal problems But it never happened to me some some shaman will make you puke by either Disorienting you with their song or giving mm. you a tobacco drink, but that can be pretty dangerous I mean oh. we did this as safely mm. as possible right. again. We had a medical doctor there YouTube right. yeah. Don't play yeah YouTube was <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so I think that's a huge lesson to learn like this was not a recreational Let's yeah. have fun and be yeah. weird kind of a moment. This was a
0: let's work with a university
2: Let's yeah. work with a hospital and let's let's learn.
0: What was the scientific purpose of the experience? I know you did you put the Electroid things on yeah. on your head to measure your brain was that the purpose or was it just? to go through this experience as a science Scientist of, of sorts and, and to try to <clears> describe it it was both because I wanted to see
2: if I could help talk about that state of mind as someone who's a professional science communicator, but at the same time, no study had been done that was that environmentally valid, like mm-hmm. literally done in the Amazon with those songs in those languages right. in that location. It, they're usually done in these very clinical um, hospital environments where you're in a white room and you, you know, you're in a big city. Right. So we were able to look at that and help... Um, the researchers learn what variables to worry about, what kind of technology works. obviously it 's not an experiment it's not like, oh, we had a whole sample size and a control group it 's just one person you 've mm. got an n of one mm-hmm. so we're not experience. pretending yeah we 're not pretending that this is some experiment. It was more of a uh, a, a kind of pilot study to see mm. what is it like to go to these retreats and try to collect data. Mm. Can we find anything interesting um, is this particular EEG helmet going to give us enough data or
0: is it too noisy and all of that So we, we learned a lot in that mm. case I felt a little bit cock-teased by that experience because you guys were saying in the show You did it the first time you took a small dose the second time you took a larger dose And you guys were saying I almost had an ego death. I know <laughs> I was almost there. <clears throat> yeah, I didn't quite get there. Yep. and then I was like, oh great. Well, I can't wait for the third one when he when takes... gets there and I know then... <laughs> and then I was like wait. There's only three minutes left. I know that's, what happened That's what happens when you are doing it for real and you
2: you 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 don't know what the results gonna be You know we have a lot. Did you consider of... doing it
0: again though because you could have taken more?
2: I, you know yeah, I could have decided because <laughs> a few hours in That Second ceremony. I realized oh, you know what? I can't get back to that ceiling that I was afraid of and turned away from Mm. I could have gotten up and asked for more this Mm. can happen during a ceremony But I didn't Mm. and there there are other things that you'll see in future episodes where like I tried to get um, TMS on my head to disrupt and arrest my speech. Mm. We could not find Broca's area. They couldn't make it happen Mm. That's just what happens, you know Mm. um if We'd spent you know, was, a whole was week the trying. dose
0: was the large dose you took what is normally enough to have someone have like a full ego loss? I think it's different person to person, okay.
1: All right, depends totally. on your weight,
2: and... depends on your weight, depends on your mindset, just depends on the setting. Um, you know, a full cup is pretty strong, but the you know, the point of ayahuasca is not to. Experience ego death. It's Mm -hmm. it's different person to person like for a lot of people a small dose. It's just to kind of like um, I don't know whatever effect you think it's you know, you want from it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It's not about you're doing well if you're taking more not at all Mm. not at all
0: You continued down the rabbit hole of strange drugs later in the season and you experimented with the truth serum To see if an interrogator who gives you this truth serum can actually get information out of you. I was actually surprised by how effective, in my opinion, it was. Like, you, you just, the interrogation technique she used was very... Clever right like it's not what you expect like yeah. in the movies you have like a bond villain who's like and you just get brainwashed and say everything But the way she approached it was very clever. Yeah, it was clever,
2: and it was really fun Like yeah. I just felt like I am the most funny person ever right now, <laughs> so and I'm just gonna give you material interesting. That's yeah um, And she she yeah didn't play bad cop And I I think at one point I asked her to, you know, I was like, "Hey, could you stop being so nice?" Right. Um, I don't remember that. I I don't remember much after. I think when she asked me who the president was,
0: they kept giving you more. They're like, "Give him a little bit." You're like, "I'm pretty fucked up." They're like, "Give him some more." I was like, "Damn, they they pumped you full of that shit." Funny moment where the guy was passed out.
2: You know, this is. This is more than I. I'm not going to give any more. Yeah. And at that <laughs> point, I was like, I could take more. And but I don't remember it. That was that was the scary part. It was that they could have told me I had said anything, mm. and I wouldn't know if they were wrong or not. Right.
1: That's pretty um, scary.
2: And the thing about midazolam, which is the truth serum that I was administered, is that there's an antidote for it that works quite quickly. Really. And so. All of a sudden, I just come to and I'm no like, "No way!" I've yeah. always
0: wondered if that was possible. It was weird. It was like just I, to go from completely fucked to sober. I find that yeah. I didn't know how much
2: time had passed. I just immediately was like, "Hey, wow, <laughs> what happened?" And, <laughs> and I was forming memories again. All of a sudden, huh?
0: Yeah. Um, but the tell me the way that she got in the game was that you had information you're trying to conceal from her, and she was trying to get it. Like, for example. That you had a sister, I guess, was one of them. Yeah. And my so, sister's name. Your sister's name. So her approach wasn't to be like, tell me your sister's name, like you would see in a movie. It's what, like, she would wait till you're super smashed and be like, uh, so your sister, Jessica, does, is a dentist for a living. And then mm-hmm. you would be like, yeah, that's what she, you, exactly. know, you know, like, it's really clever It's really tricky. You yeah. had to really be
2: sharp and you had to not just be living in the moment to mm-hmm. keep the information.
0: They basically mm-hmm. just dull your brain to the point of, you're just agreeable.
2: Well, yeah all your inhibitions are gone Yeah, you're not holding anything back because you're just, you're just not aware of what you should be holding back and right, you're just right, living right. in that exact moment where there's
0: nothing else to be concerned about right? It's like the puppy dog mode. I keep thinking <laughs> yeah. about a little puppy. He's on yeah. truth serum all the time <laughs> um, What do you what do you think after doing that do you think that? That serum is is it a an effective way to get information from someone? I think that it is an effective way to get
2: information. I don't think it's an ethical way. Right. And I should with the caveat that I don't I'm not sure it's effective because studies that were real studies, not right. just Michael's experience, right. have shown that you get some pretty unreliable stuff. People will <laughs> say all kinds of lies as well.
0: Sure. Um did
2: you lie at all during it? <clears throat> um no, I didn't really lie. I
0: told obvious jokes, but I didn't right. like I can't I can't see lying in that state of mind, but I think it's just unreliable.
2: It was hard to it was hard to construct uh, a a lie that I knew was a lie, but I maybe could have or someone as has been shown in prior studies, they can just confabulate all kinds of made up stuff
0: Just like a dreamlike state where you're just following some random thread in your head. There's also the ethical dilemma of
2: can a person be forced to confess. Uh, against themselves sure right mm-hmm. if, if if what you have to do is torture someone or administer drugs intravenously to get the truth Is that really the way we want to get the truth right. what's mm-hmm. more important and ever since the days of torture? You know we've been a hey you cannot self-incriminate mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if we have to resort to that it's not worth it mm. And there's something kind of beautiful about that. Yeah, yeah totally. totally agree.
0: Oh, it's completely unethical I just found it was it's really interesting to see because Truth serum always seems like something that's just ridiculous like how does that how could that possibly exist? Yeah, but that real-world application of it. It was like oh that makes sense
2: Yeah, I mean truth serum is a yeah. terrible name because it makes it seem like some right.
0: fictional sci-fi
2: yeah, drug that like, like, like finds book. the truth right in reality it just <laughs> pretty, makes it harder to
0: conceal and lie right exactly um, <laughs> I Think the most interesting thing that you confess to while on the truth serum is is that you prefer making Vsauce videos mm. to minefield. <laughs> yep, I had no, <laughs> that slipped right out. I had no memory of that ever happening,
2: and it wasn't until I was uh, one of our writers was like driving me home, uh, date like months later, and he was like, "Oh, because I wasn't supposed to know what I'd said because they wanted me to watch the footage back on camera," and he spilled the beans. Did you the watch beans, the whole thing back? Watch the whole
0: thing back, yeah. And <laughs> and you were really genuine. The the interrogator is like, Michael, do you prefer doing Vsauce or minefield And you're like, uh, you were just very passionately in favor of Vsauce.
2: Yeah, you know, in the show. And I felt I felt bad because you know, in, if I hadn't have been under the effects of midazolam, I would have given a more
0: diplomatic diplomatic
2: answer. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think. You know the truth should be out there now. I love making minefield, but as you can imagine minefield has a deadline.
0: It's got schedules It's got you
2: know I'm more complicated Vsauce Comes out when it, when it comes out when I'm ready.
0: I thought it was a great moment because it really exemplified how Unguarded you were yeah, mm. you know? totally was there anything else in that interrogation? You don't have to tell me what it was, but I was curious was there anything else you said during that where you were like Oh fuck I can't believe I said that No, okay,
2: no, and so when I saw the original cut because again I'm not I'm not editing minefield episodes, but I'm watching and we're screening episodes So I'll see one like four times throughout the editing process, but initially notes
0: you don't involved in the editing Oh, I give a
2: bunch of notes, and then I'm not sitting there doing the editing over the shoulder Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I remember watching the first cut and going we got to include more of the um, truth serum experience. And mm. so I got the all the footage, watched all of it and made notes and I was like, mm. we gotta include all of this. Mm. Like even if it's not scientific data, it's still interesting. Yeah. Um so the stuff that we cut, because you have to cut for time. That's the sure. bummer. Like the whole thing but lasted read, who 40 cares? minutes. Uh, well why thing, do they care about time? I think audiences care about time because the if you show the whole experience, all of a sudden the whole episode becomes three hours long. Mm. So Uh, We have bonus clips this season, which allow us to show more. Mm -hmm. Um, Like when it came to false confessions, I was like, we have to include a raw, uncut (laughs) false confession. Right. Because even though there's a whole lot of stuff that we can cut for time, like just the pleasantries, the hellos, the conversations that go nowhere. I want someone, I want everyone to be able to see beginning to end how it happens. Mm -hmm. How you get a regular person
0: to confess to a crime they never right. committed. I, I'm i horrified by that. Yeah. And, well, I think a lot of people have seen the documentary To Make Making of Murder. Yep. And it wasn't the main guy's story that disturbed me. Honestly, it was his cousin. Yeah, Brandon, who went, I believe. Yeah, Brandon, who went to prison. He just got out this year. He was thrown out by a federal judge. He was in prison for 12 years in the prime of his life. You see him now. He's like this grizzled, adult, like, shell of a person who yeah. lost the prime of his life. The guy is mentally handicapped. I mean, I, you can tell throughout. He's like a simpleton. He's like Lenny from Mike. He should not Man. have
2: been interrogated.
0: He shouldn't. He, his, yeah. And so these cops are grilling him and grilling him grilling him for hours and hours and hours. How the – like having been through that your, yourself and having produced it, I mean, how do these police or people who do this – how do they justify it to themselves? Because certainly people don't just think of themselves as evil or wrong. Like in their minds, that's completely justified. Yeah, that's a
2: incredibly important point
0: that very few people on earth are like, you know what? I'm
2: evil. I re- yeah, I really <laughs> like Captain Planet villains. Just right, evil yeah. to be mean. Instead, everyone's different, but you know, you might think, look, this person is a bad apple. You know, they've maybe committed mm-hmm. crimes in the past, they're going to continue to. Whether or not they committed this particular crime doesn't matter. Let's just get them off the streets, right? So the motivation Feels like good intentions, right? But it does a disservice to our society when we aren't getting the truth when Mm. we don't
0: get reliable information, right? It's disturbing to think how many people (laughs) are probably in prison right now Due to false confession. It's the second most common reason
2: people are falsely uh, convicted of crimes number one is eyewitness testimony That's a whole other that's a whole yeah, (laughs) yeah,
0: yeah, I I just uh, the justice system really surprised me sometimes Whenever you hear I was watching another one of these true detective. Oh, there's a whole documentary on Netflix. I saw, It's about, great. Yeah. And it's. I can so I, I had to turn it off. I watched one episode, and I was like, "Man, this ended awfully. Yeah. Like there was no just. There was no um, vindication. It just ended like. And now he's in prison, and he's been there for twenty years. It's like, wolf! all right. Yeah. So I don't remember
2: the name of that documentary, <laughs> yeah, but I so recommend it because it's got multiple episodes. Can you find the the name find of that, Find name guys? Of it because you see that the reasons. All these different people falsely confessed are completely different. Mm. In some cases it's that uh, you know, the guy just drank a lot and would often black out and didn't remember what he had done yeah. and just became convinced that he must have. In other cases it's well, uh, how can a lie detector be wrong? Like I was shopping with my friend, but the lie
0: detector says that I killed my daughter. Right. So By the way, the confession tapes is what yeah. it's called on Netflix. Confession tapes. It's um, a must watch. I don't know if we even introduced this what we're talking about, but you did an episode on false confessions. Correct. And the way that you got that one girl to confess, it was, it's like you guys manipulated her like very intentionally and perfectly, but seeing it happen just makes you realize like how fucking, how, e- how easy it can happen. Because
1: it's always easy to think like, <laughs> like, why would they confess if I didn't do something? I wouldn't confess. Exactly. Right. right. Just, you you
2: weren't coerced. It just yeah. doesn't make you sense. assume to... the person might be kind of crazy, yeah. or maybe they did commit the crime. How could a how could a uh, otherwise healthy person yeah. confess? Yeah. And it's manipulation. Yeah. It's it's not about. Coercion in the sense of like force and meanness being the bad cop. There was no bad cop No the bad it's, cop it's... was this director who they never met that yeah. could show up at any time I'm the good cop mm-hmm. and for half of the day. I was not getting false confessions wasn't able to make it work So Melissa who was the expert I said could you just do the next participant? Funny enough it wound up being someone who was a big Vsauce fan mm-hmm. <laughs> could not have been luckier that the one person who knew Vsauce was not interrogated by me. We probably would have had to have called it off for for that participant. But anyway, um, it was about being nice. It was about being friends with the person and just showing them that if you confess, that's like honestly the best thing. Because if you don't, who knows what could happen? But look, if you confess, it's like a piece of, I get it. It's it's the best thing for you, in my opinion, as someone who's your friend and people's and, skewed idea. And, and
0: as you got this girl to sign this paper you wrote out a paper saying like I cheated on the exam and just sign and date it And I'm and in my mind. I'm playing it through my through my head the stories I've heard of people who just signed that paper so easily and then next thing they know the the police come in with Handcuffs, and they never leave prison again for their whole lives Yeah, and the, the thing that struck stood out to me about what you did too is how much practice it took yes You don't you that? You don't just <clears throat> accidentally get someone to falsely mm-hmm. confess. You right. have to be an expert. You have to be a professional. You have to be trained. You have to know exactly how to manipulate people. And so, to me, it, I really it made me hate those those pigs. It, no, ma- <laughs> I'm just, it made me, but it made me like. Um,
1: it's really disturbing. It, it made
0: me very frustrated to think that there's people using these these techniques for nefarious yeah purposes. So uh, M- Melissa Rosano, and it's very it's can... very it's very What's the word? It's very conscious. You have to know exactly what you're doing to do it.
2: Yeah, you do. And again, it's hard to know what people's intentions are. Often they're not bad. Instead, it's like I'm convinced you did it. Yeah. And now it's my job to get a
0: confession, and it doesn't matter how I get it. It doesn't matter if I sort of Well, I, that's a shame. That's that's that means there's something fucked up in our justice system where There's not more emphasis on The truth Yeah And There's more emphasis on Booking them Yeah I
2: think what we need is A better Way to analyze Whether someone's telling the truth And cooperating or not Before The decision is made That they're guilty Time to get that confession Because once Mm -hmm. you have a confession In a court Looks pretty bad Yeah No matter what the evidence says If you've confessed to the crime A murder And a um, rape It's kind of a closed case Yeah, Yeah It's done Um, so, you know, I, I don't know all the details of the legal system, obviously. I was just interested in the psychology of how do you get someone, how do you manipulate someone into just saying,
0: you know what, I'd rather cooperate and do what you say than stand up for what I really did. And the thing is, how much time did it take you to get that one girl to falsely confess? So it took her maybe 25 minutes. Because they spent on his cousin, what was his name? Brandon Brandon yeah, they I think they spent like 12 hours with right, them right now of course the difference there is that He is being interrogated about a very
2: yeah, serious crime yeah. right. whether or not you exchange information and, and ruin also our handicapped data. mentally exactly um, now we, we Didn't include another girl that I got a false confession from and it took I I, I don't know the exact number, but it took like nine minutes Wow she was only 19. Mm. And the power dynamic was incredibly skewed. Mm. And I when we debriefed her, she was like she literally said, "Well, I confessed cuz you had all the power." Like, mm. what was I going to do? I I'd, I'd already made you mad mm-hmm. by apparently cheating. Mm. I wasn't going to say no to your request for me to sign and date a data form. Mm. And it just made me She was 19, which means her confession is a signed confession from an adult. Right. But because of the she was the small person, and it just she was like, "How come you didn't include that one?" Uh it was again about time, and that's the biggest kind of bummer about it made it look like you only got it
0: once the yeah, way you guys edited yeah, yeah, it. yeah,
2: yeah, and so I, I want to use bonus clips to tell more of these stories, but mm. one thing we've noticed in season two is that the episodes contain so much stuff. like we should have just done false confessions. <laughs> as an episode but instead mm-hmm. we we fit lots of things in there mm-hmm. we had the P300 brain scanner mm-hmm. we had medazolam right. and so we couldn't say all right now we're yeah. going to spend 40 minutes mm-hmm. on interrogation and then
0: after all of that we're going to
2: switch gears again I think that's mm-hmm. a good
0: idea and you have more content too you can explore yeah. all those the, all of those deserved
1: yeah their it's own reality. episode yeah
0: exactly
2: yeah. so now i think you know moving forward i would like to focus on more seasons ahead Uh, Well, I don't know. I hope so (laughs) support minefield Um, and you know I I understand it costs money, but YouTube red really helps um, Creators like myself and shows like minefield be made so Mm -hmm. you know I
0: really want YouTube to see that this is a good bet educational content is Mm -hmm. popular It's got to be one of the most popular YouTube red. It's the only one I watch in my opinion, it's the only good one, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I mean, not to throw salt in someone's no, eyes. No, no, no. Look, else's it's eyes.
1: it's has, the only one we watch. Everyone has sure. different tastes. Yeah. And
0: I'm excited to see what
2: you know. YouTube Red comes out with next and what kind of decisions they make about their original yeah. program.
0: I don't know. I don't understand the strategy. I don't understand mm-hmm. YouTube Red, but whatever. That's a whole different fucking can of worms. It's so complicated. So,
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> I have too many, you know what? The, I, I don't want, I don't need another episode of me bitching about you <laughs> <laughs> There's already like 20 of those, but I am curious What is it like there, I actually want to ask you something else? The the what you did with the brain scanner yeah, where they could tell what you stole I am very I don't like that shit Yeah, and I don't like that shit the same as I don't like lie detectors It's all a bunch of crap, and I hate it. I hate those I hate those machines, and I hate people who think that right. they can use it to tell the truth right that one was disturbing though Do you very disturbing? like how do you feel do you think that that would is an accurate? Maybe you can describe what, yeah, describe what it was a little happened. bit so people know what we're talking okay, about So so
2: a, a typical lie detector is
0: looking at skin
2: conductivity and things like that and blood pressure blood pressure Whatever, yeah, I mean it,
3: it's just total it's, pseudoscience. It's, in my it's opinion.
2: not very reliable. Yeah, yeah, and it's more about <coughs> You know making the person nervous enough that they feel like they can't hide things but really what happens is people who don't have anything to hide feel like they're not being believed, and they start to Stress. not believe themselves. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but with, or the, if you're a real psychopath, you can just fucking—it's
3: not a lie if it. you
0: believe it. Yeah, George Costanza, season <laughs> seven, episode two. Exactly. <laughs> However, the P300
2: doesn't fall for those problems. Right. What this does is it looks at uh, how your brain electrically responds to various stimuli and there's a response called P300 that has to do with novelty. So if something is new to
0: you, you'll see an effect, but if you've mm. seen something before, Oh, it's that's different. what it measures. That's what it does. Mm. I thought, oh, I thought it was measuring the familiarity and not the not the novelty.
2: They're they're related. Okay. You know, it's something like, look, if if you really didn't commit this crime and you've never been to the crime scene, you never would have seen this door and you have
0: no <laughs> control
2: at all over how your brain would react to that image. You, you You have no voluntary control over whether you recognize something right you can't show me a picture of my mom and have me go nope. I'm not gonna turn on the recognition switch. It just happens,
1: but it sounds like there could be room for Mistakes to happen with something like that
2: well people have tried right like and, and that's what I tried in the episode I tried to like every time an image showed up. I tried to pretend like There was something amazing. I was discovering about it, (laughs) and it didn't make a difference because Mm. again It's not this simple a to B if there's this algorithm in between that knows how to
0: correct for different strategies Mm. So it's not accepted. There's an algorithm see that that's where I'm out I don't Mm -hmm. I don't buy like if the brain is actually sending a signal I I would buy that but if they have a man-made algorithm that reduces Sure, you that I don't buy right because then you wonder what's in between well Just, Algorithms yeah. are fallible human work is fallible if my brain shoots off a signal every time. I see something that I recognize That's compelling right, but if this if these guys are you know, I don't know how they can make an,
3: You know, you know what, I'm saying? What, what yeah, I, I get what
0: you're saying I mean
2: what their algorithm tries to do is better read that recognition signal and and get rid of noise or other things you might be trying to do like with a regular lie detector If you you know clinch your butt cheeks yes. every time they ask a question your that blood pressure up the goes death. high exactly yeah. but with this they Their their computers are are watching every measure right. and they're able to detect when you're trying to. So fool what do you it. think is
0: this a true lie detector
2: that they've developed? I believe that it is the most reliable Truth detector out there. That's terrifying and it's terrifying and that's why it's not accepted by any court it's, That's unethical in my opinion exactly so so uh, Craig Stark actually who was on the video games episode? He had I don't know if I can say this but he's been involved in, the, in these kinds of discussions like should mm-hmm. a Prosecution be able to force someone to undergo a, a functional MRI or any kind of brain scanning lie detector mm-hmm. and there're two two issues one is that if it is really good maybe that's bad mm-hmm. because maybe we should be allowed to have privacy in our own minds yes mm-hmm. secondly if it's even if, if there's a chance that it's not reliable that it might have a wrong result right. a jury Is Easily swayed by well, I'm wearing a lab coat and this thing cost a million dollars and it said that you did the crime What are you gonna do you're gonna believe the science? Yeah,
0: even if in reality it could be 50-50 I Yeah, there I don't like you, You need privacy in your own mind. We can't have this all powerful machine that knows when you're lying the the social implication of that is awful It's like a dystopian future. Yeah, and again. There's a chance that it's wrong. Yeah, there's
1: always a chance of something right wrong there It's like the um... like what if there's a door that I? Don't necessarily know but maybe I've walked by that place. Oh, yeah
0: exactly. Like Sometime in my life, and it
1: reminds me of something. You know what it
0: reminds me of this machine. It reminds me of that fucking Tom Tom Cruise movie was by Steven Spielberg dystopian future you got it, Minority Report.
2: Minority
3: uh. Report.
0: That's it's the Minority Report. Yeah, so we have to be really
2: careful, and I feel you know that, like yeah. we're going to have more and more discussions about this as the technology improves. And weirdly, I think yeah, we might have to start saying that some methods of learning, some methods of knowledge, are off limits. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I did an episode on "Is All Really Fair in Love and War." Mm. And I looked at the Geneva Conventions. I looked at things like, um, you know, is it not all countries have this kind of a law, but in the U.S., your spouse cannot be compelled to testify against you Mm. because in America, there's this feeling that if we have to ruin a marriage to get the truth, we shouldn't get the truth because the marriage is, you know, more important. Mm. Um, And there's a lot of religious overtones there like that marriage. Is under the umbrella of God. Right. And us determining whether you embellish, embezzled these funds, mm-hmm. that's our concern. And if we can't prove you did without ruining your marriage, then you're free.
3: Yeah. And
2: not all countries do that, but there's something very philosophically powerful about the notion mm-hmm. of if we can't, we're not going to go after your family to find out what you did. I think
1: mm-hmm. it's the same with parents, right? Some states have the law where the parents. Um, have to cooperate or they don't if if like their son for example is a Suspect Look, of murder then in some states the parents don't have to cooperate. Yeah with the cops.
0: I think it's I think it's great I think there needs to be some things more important than or, or not even that but there needs to be some there needs to be some boundaries right right and that doesn't mean
2: that there's no way to find the truth, like look for evidence elsewhere. Yeah. But I think there are there are other protections about um, privacy with your attorneys, with clergy. Right. Um, you know what I say in in this religious context to, a you know, to a priest in a, in a confession, I should be free to have that relationship and not withhold stuff and keep it to myself mm-hmm. because it could be, you know,
0: used against me. Right. Is then where are we? hmm uh Was it what is it? What was it like working with YouTube executives because you had expressed? You know you preferred Vsauce, so let's just shit on YouTube a little bit here. No. I'm kidding, but yeah. how what was it like? Having someone else on over your head because I mean toyed with the idea of having a show yeah, and I think I underestimate how annoying or awful or that, that would be having someone all of a sudden you've had creative control your whole life and you've got some guy over your head telling yeah. you what you can't and can't do.
2: Yeah, we're all so spoiled <laughs> by are. the fact that we can make whatever kind of content right. we want as long as we're not breaking laws. Right, mm-hmm. That's the way it is. Sometimes it means that it's worse because you should have taken someone else's advice. Sure. Other times it just means that what you're making is more authentically you. I think that in this season, YouTube and, and the production company and myself and the whole crew, we got – much much closer to understanding what science communi- communication can be and how to you know make the right show i i think that for all the disagreements I'll have with YouTube saying, nah, that's boring. Mm. And then I think, I think, personally, I'm probably a bit too precious about, we gotta put more facts, more explanations, mm. more just me talking about the thing. Mm.
0: I think when you find the right balance, you can reach more people. That would drive mm-hmm. me crazy, some asshole telling me, that's boring. I'm like, who the fuck are you?
3: <laughs> it's not you ever so get, much. Like, ra-
0: ra- ra- do you ever feel yourself getting, like, righteous or no,
3: not I right, never right- really but, like,
0: defensive, to. right? Like, well, fuck are you. It's not boring, it's my show. No one ever said anything was boring. It's more like,
2: here's my concern about this, right? Right.
0: And then it gives me
2: a chance to externalize why I think it's important. And that's valuable because Mm -hmm. when it's just in your own head, you don't always know what your instincts are telling you or how to vocalize them. But Mm -hmm. when you're forced to sit in front of someone and say, here's why I think that, you know, we should release the false confession with no edits. Yeah. But if you, if you don't edit it, there's going to be a lot of boring stuff. And I'm like, well, but. I'm not doing it for the views. I'm doing it for like the, look
1: Yeah, look educational at this
2: slice of mm. it's a human zoo. We're watching you know and, and 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 by thinking that out and and Defending it. I it's understand a myself you're better. defending. Yeah, I'm a,
0: you're at you're a real half uh, glass full guy, aren't you there you go. <laughs> yeah, all right. We come up on our second break. We've got tons more sauce to V
1: And we'll take some questions.
0: Yeah, we we'll take some questions guys. Give us a ring uh Pop up the number. What is the number? Let me read it to you guys here real fast. You know. Let me pop up here. It's the number is 818 Give us a call if you got some questions for your boy Vsauce. We'll be right back after this commercial break. See you guys soon. Thank you to MeUndies for sponsoring this episode of the H3 Podcast. These guys make the best underwear. End of period. End of period. Whatever that means. End of sentence. If you wear underwear, <laughs> you need me undies. It's that simple. Every year, Elo, thank you for showing dip I'm you can showing it in movement. I'll tell you, you could dip my uh you could dip my fruit loops in that milk, if you know what I mean. No. I like to dip my fruit loops in that milk. Anyway. Every year millions of people receive the least like gift of all time, underwear. But we still give it to our family loved ones who don't want it because we hate them. That's not in there. I added that but maybe it's not the underwear. That's the problem. It's the kind of underwear Let me tell you about me undies. It's the only underwear that makes an amazing gift because it's such an amazing product. All right I love me undies because I've got a swampy Saturated chode. It's hot in LA every day. It's December 15th today, and it's like 90 degrees Normal underwear doesn't cut it. I need something that's velvety soft. That's going to absorb all my fucking flavors Much like this, much like is shown here, it's a swampy, milky, fruit loopy place, and this is the undies that is equipped to handle it, it's soft, it's so soft, it's flexible, bro, trust me, you think I'm memeing around, just try one pair and tell me it's not the best, it's soft, flexible waistband, three times softer than cotton, naturally sustained sourced fibers, okay, me undies made underwear the perfect gift that everyone's gonna love, it's a goddamn holiday miracle, that there's an underwear that can actually cradle my supple childlike ball sack
1: Why do you have to
0: it's childlike <laughs> because it's so supple not because of the size What can I say you you're blessed
1: you could talk about the beautiful colors. Yeah, I mean they can see
0: about I love the, the design too. About
1: the patterns.
0: This year don't give underwear give me undies all right now, listen here, because this holiday season, you get an exclusive 20% off the softest underwear and socks you will ever wear, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Go to com slash H3. That's com slash H3. Thank you to MeUndies, and thanks to them, just uh, as a general note, for making such a wonderful uh, place to rest my jewels. And finally, thank you to our sponsor, Honey. Do you want to save money while shopping online for last-minute holiday gifts? Well, let me tell you about an online shopping hack from a startup that I recently discovered called Honey. They call it a hack... um, I call. I mean, it's yeah. It's one way to refer to it. You could also call it a plug or a plugin. You know, a browser <laughs> plugin. It's a browser plug. It's not really a hack.
1: You installed that. You're a hacker.
0: I'm a hack, bro. I hacked. <laughs> I hacked my way to, to through the internet and saved a bunch of. I, I kid about that. But the product itself is incredible. Um, let me tell you about the product. Honey was founded by two friends who were frustrated by the lack of price transparency from online shopping. So they started Honey to help others find the best possible prices online. Here's how it works. Honey is a free, 100% free browser extension for Chrome, Firefox, Safari. It effortlessly saves you time and money while shopping online at tens of thousands of stores. You guys know how easy it is to install a, a plugin. You literally just type Honey Chrome, if that's what you use. You click once, it's in. It's, it's easy as pie, eating a pie. I think most people have an easy time eating pie. I'm sure there's some people. But it's generally, it's easy as eating pie. It like moving on. <laughs> just saying. I just want to be, clarify that. So while you shop, Honey will instantly find every working coupon code on the internet and automatically apply the best discount to your cart at checkout. Time Magazine called it basically free money. And Hackers Magazine (laughs) called it the alt, the best hack of 2017. (laughs) It's actually illegal in some states because it's a top
1: five life hacks.
0: It's yeah, it's definitely top five. It's not illegal, by the way. I'm that was a total joke. It's perfectly (laughs) legal to use. Um, (laughs) it is a hack though. (laughs) Honey makes Amazon better. This is a really important part, and this is what the most that I loved about it. So you install this plugin. I use Amazon all the frickin time, but it it's pretty uh, it can be sometimes annoying to navigate and sometimes it items can be sold by other sellers who have Amazon Prime, for example, and it's like 10, 20 bucks cheaper than than what's the default that you land on. And so what Honey will do on Amazon is that it's going to sort the best option from different sellers automatically factoring in all the variables such as price, shipping costs, prime status and so the more so you basically you're always going to get the best price and the best experience and i've or i've been using this for months and frankly it's been a huge it's already saved me a lot of money at random stores at checkout it's like boom coupon applied it's like oh my god basically free money but amazon very useful it will find you the deals effortlessly okay Kabish. honey can also show you the price trend of any item because it's always changing the price is always changing on Amazon Who can keep up with this stuff so you know If it's the best time to buy it Black Friday and cyber Monday may be over but you can still save money this Christmas with honey Honey, I just installed I just hacked your computer and installed honey Thanks, honey Honey has always has already saved over hundreds of millions of dollars With over 6 million members. It's completely free to join. And it will literally only take you two clicks to start saving money, guys. You got nothing to lose. Give it a shot. It's, you're going to love it. Go to honey.com slash h3. That's join. Oh, sorry, guys. It's joinhoney.com slash h3. Joinhoney.com slash h3. Go to that link so they know that we sent you. Thank you so much to honey. Appreciate you guys. If you're in the market for a life hack or, uh, you know, some soft, luscious underwear, please consider supporting the show. Thank you, guys. Let's get back uh, to sauce time. Welcome back, everybody, to the H3 podcast with Vsauce. Um, Talking again about – we were talking about YouTube executives before. Was there anything they vetoed or got in the way of creatively – during the making of the show that that stuck out to you
2: um oh i'm trying to remember oh yeah <laughs> i think i can tell this story cuz it, it it makes them look good like i really <laughs> wanted to be waterboarded
1: mm. oh.
2: <laughs> that was going to be an episode i had to watch that <laughs> yeah um and we found people who were willing to waterboard me okay <laughs> there i'm sure they were lined up Yeah, they were I mean I was I would only feel safe doing it in that way that you've seen other people have done this where You've got people there who know what's going to happen and you you have an immediate off switch Uh, From what I've seen it's like you're holding a big metal bar and If you let go of it and it hits the floor it's loud it rings and they
0: immediately unhinge you I know there was there was like this Conservative reporter who was like I'll get waterboarded that shit isn't torture. I forget his name but I he got waterboarded and he was like he sat up immediately and he's yeah. like that's tortured There's no question yeah. about it
2: immediately.
3: Oh
0: yeah, so
2: it's different than like being physically hurt, you know uh, Splinters up your fingernails because you can you become numb to that kind of pain hmm. like your body releases Whatever it is hormones or chemicals that that allow you to kind of like the, the next one hurts less the next one hurts less but when it comes to elevated co2 in your blood there's no mechanism for adapt like it's not that bad. It gets it's it's bad all the time hmm. And it's it's much more
0: psychologically damaging It's not physically dangerous unless you're administering it poorly as I understand it It just yeah, gives you shouldn't you, I don't think you 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 don't uh, die.
2: Yeah, um, you don't really have any marks Unless the restraints were too tight, and that's what makes it so nefarious
0: You just feel like you're drowning right you feel like you're
2: about to die because you don't have You have too much CO2 in your blood. You're not getting enough oxygen. You can't breathe. Why is that?
0: I mean, how does that work by just dumping water over your face?
2: Well, your face is completely covered in this cloth, and you're like – you can't draw in air. Uh And then we have this reflex to water because we've evolved to know that we we are not water creatures. And so you have a panic reflex to that. I can't breathe this. I cannot live like this that is very different from – being Whipped or being punched repeatedly.
0: It's a different kind of torture it's like a pure panic. Yeah But you so they administer it for just enough time they let you breathe How does it work that you can keep because clearly you can keep breathing because you don't die Yeah, you
2: you know you're only unable to breathe for seconds but it doesn't take long for that panic instinct to come <clears throat> in where you realize <throat> not only am I not breathing but I'm i am I, I, water is all, all around me right. and it's in my mouth and right. um, It you only need a couple of seconds and that panic happens and you can't do it any longer
0: Okay, so what happened with the executives? Oh, they just thought that it was way too Dangerous, uh, dangerous and mm. it, and it was the, the
2: scary thing about waterboarding is how easy it is to do It's not like well right. first of all you have to get you know permission from the FBI to handle you know C4 It's like mm. no you just do you have a water can? A rag and a bucket of water. A, yeah. Are you a bad person? Here. Right. It's like you just do it with what what's psychopath in your kitchen. that up? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think it was really smart to say let's not do that. Do you um, wish you did it though? Looking
0: back? I mean it would have been interesting. That's the well, one. What, what was the scientific purpose of getting waterboarded? The purpose was to talk about what I've just –
2: Said which is the sort of physiology of, of why it's different from mm-hmm. Repeatedly being whipped or mm. being just just confined
1: Yeah, the, panic yeah aspect.
2: the that that sort of reflex we have to Water is not good around my mouth mm. and covering all of my ways of breathing mm. um, And I could have just discussed that um, But you know minefield gives me a chance to do things right the question is what do we gain by having me? Undergo it and then say yep, I can confirm that one of the worst things you can do to a person is indeed bad,
0: right? Yeah,
1: and watching it may be too much like if I'm trying to Think to myself what it would be like to watch you go through it It might be too much exactly
2: and it that was a question we had which is that we don't want to just do things for the sake of like Boy, this will be dramatic and get views so we try to figure out. What do you do while I'm being waterboarded that? Contributes to scientific knowledge, and you know, you go to like the obvious. I don't know. Uh, put an EEG net on your head, and it's like, what? So you can see panic? Like we yeah. already know. Yeah. So it, it turned out to just also not be
0: educational yeah. or interesting. Just juicy. Just juicy <laughs> and dangerous. Yeah. That sounds like ratings to me. Boom. Juicy <laughs> and dangerous. There you go. Can I ask what's the budget on a show like yours? Um. Per episode.
2: I don't know the per episode budget. I mean, I'll tell you that it cost more money to make season two than Vsauce has. I mean, I could have not paid anyone for a year Mm. and still not made season two. Mm. That's why I had to work with YouTube. You know, they made it possible. Millions. Yeah. 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 We're not talking about like, well, Michael, why didn't you just take out your debit card and And, give me a season two, please? Yeah. And 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 then give it to us all (laughs) for free or with ad support. Mm -hmm. I was like. This is only possible It's only possible to build a team Working on educational content
0: like this if you got money because they deserve to be paid for their time sure I I couldn't do it on my own. Yeah How long uh, does it take to film each episode? Um, how long did it take to film the entire season? Uh, We filmed through parts of four
2: months. I had VidCon and a trip to London in there um, But took a long time Mm. um After ayahuasca, it was smooth sailing. I wasn't so anxious about, like, what was coming up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then we do all the rooftop scenes in a week. You know, we work Mm. six days that week from, like, 6 p.m. to 6 a.m., you know, sunset to sunrise. And
0: that's pretty weird. You're flipping your whole day. So it took you about four months. Of Constant shooting to film the whole season.
2: Yeah, and then the whole time I was on the
0: spring brain candy
2: tour We were in pre-production So I would have these long hours and hours long conference calls running through ideas working with psychologists on what can we do? Uh, Have we heard back from that university yet? Can Mm -hmm. we get this person on board? Mm -hmm. Then of course you've got all the editing the screening the watching the episodes the notes then the voiceover and then you're finally locked and then you wait for the ingestion process of getting captions getting them approved Mm -hmm. getting them rated And then getting them available on
0: on YouTube Mm.
1: such a process.
0: Yeah, yeah Uh, Compared to that how long does it take to research film and edit an episode of Vsauce?
2: I Mean it takes Weeks as well. It can take months, you know And its it's But it's up to me when I feel like it's done when I feel Mm -hmm. like I've gone deep enough in the explanation like Mm -hmm. right now I'm working on a thing about the center of mass and the center of gravity and and how things rotate. And I'm just not happy until I've gotten to a point where, like, the explanation is, say, purely geometric. No, there's no more like, but why? But Mm. why? It's like because we live in a universe with these dimensions. Mm. There you go. And so, yeah, it takes a long time, but it's it's not like it takes a long time because I'm just. Busy with Mindfield or with Brain Candy or with the Curiosity Box. It takes a long time because I've decided that I want it to
0: be that right. deep. I want to put that much work into it. Right. I think that's, I'm, I'm jealous of that mindset that you have. And I know there's other channels on YouTube that have this, it's done when it's done. Because I, I get so anxious when I don't. Well, you I, have a whole different. It's lucky to be doing on. educational content because I
2: can keep. Going deeper into the subject right, but if I was doing like comedy
0: like when's a joke done. Yeah, yeah
2: that's no definite
1: answer
0: There's no definite answer. Do you get anxious when you don't upload on v on like a like a classic video? Oh, yeah, of course Yeah, of
2: course and I really start feeling that pressure and I really feel like you know <laughs> if I if I'm not active enough Then people move on maybe they s- stop even remembering that there's this great Right. thing that I think that I'm making, and right. and so you know I can use social media to put more out um and the question is like do I create a format like a type of show that takes less work you know mm-hmm. like I could easily i could I could do you know an episode about something just from reading a Wikipedia page, but I wouldn't <laughs> be happy with that it wouldn't mm-hmm. challenge me, mm-hmm. so I put. A lot of time into things and I try to consume all the media that already exists on that topic Mm. so I can say look I've read all the books. Mm. I've watched all these lectures and here's the synthesis of them Here's what some of them missed out on some of them added and so it it, it, it Justifies its existence. It's not just another
0: of the same Mm. interesting Tell me about this was one from the subreddit people were interested in Tell me about Michael Vsauce from middle school and high school. What kind of dude were you then? (laughs) Oh, man. What was your lower? (laughs) Education experience. I think that's lower education middle school high school.
2: I mean I was still the same person you know. but I you know There was no YouTube. Um, I did all the things you would expect right I was part of the trivia team I I Did uh, act in a lot of musicals and plays and stuff um, that, I,
0: I find that interesting that you're at you are an entertainer I feel like yeah as much as you are an educator. Yeah, or which one do you think you're more of
2: um, an entertainer? Huh, And I think it's just important for me not to say like I'm scientist Michael because yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not All and right. I don't want mm-hmm. anyone to think that I believe I have Super knowledge or any kind of like I don't. I'm mm. the the more episodes I make, the more I'm like I'm an idiot. <laughs> and thank goodness there are such smart people out there I can talk to. Mm. So you know I, I think it's just safer to to be an entertainer, mm. science communicator. Mm. Um, but what I'm pointing to, and you can see by the length of my video descriptions, look at the, what the researchers have done. Look at what they're doing. They're the ones whose work I'm showing to the public and helping them show to the public. Mm. What kind of plays were you in in high school? Uh, I was the oldest looking student in high school. Okay, so when that's kind of cool. Yeah, right. It helped in high school. That's dope. I already had a receding hairline. Okay, and so if they needed a dad, right. Michael. Like you I was the in. Cast,
0: you were the typecast dad. Yeah,
2: I was the general in Kiss Me Kate because I was the huh. m- oldest looking person. Right, I had,
0: had this, the authority. <laughs> right. Um, Did you, you have a beard old- back then?
2: No, I'm. I had uh, sideburns. Very nice. I'd
0: like to see that. Okay. I may have
2: played around with a goatee. Wow. Yeah, I definitely did. And through college, I had a goatee. Okay. It wasn't until I graduated college, moved to New York, and that was like right when the hipster sort of uh, subculture emerged. Right? right. Like I was there with Williamsburg and all of this, and all of a sudden, a beard was totally. Of course, you should have a beard. Did
1: mm. you ever bleach your? Nope. Did tips. you ever bleach your tips? Now that's a
0: question
2: I should I
1: ask
0: all did. of our guests. I frosted my tips once. I loved it. I loved it. You looked great. No. Nope. No, you did one, one actually. I was like, what are you talking about? You didn't know me then. I, you're talking about the I'm talking 90s about the, boy band. The the boy band. <laughs> yeah. But you did it non-ironically. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well. When no. I was in middle school, and my hair... Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Ventura. Okay, me, yeah, of course. Yeah, so, so, yeah,
2: you're like... You know, offspring and crazy
0: taxi and frosted tips. Yeah, thanks. You're giving me a break here. You're, you're letting me off the hook. It was the society yeah, around yeah. you. Yeah. It was very popular at the time. But as you can imagine, there's all these cool, slick kids. You know, all the girls wanted these guys. They, all the girls, I don't know what it is, they loved the spiky frosted tips. Yeah. All I wanted was some f- <laughs> spiky frosted tips. Yeah, you know, what's what is it about the fr- it just makes it was salivate?
1: B four look. <laughs> right. It was in by B four four, there was B <laughs> yeah. five. Yeah.
0: But anyway, back in high school. Man, I hate my fucking hair, but I wanted to look like these cool frosted tips gentlemen. And I try to frost my curly ass um hair <laughs> and it just really I looked like um I Looked like a three stooge or something like it was just a total fucking disaster is that is that in hindsight or at the time? Was it cool? It was bad all the oh really? Yeah, I hated my hair so much as a kid My mom's a hairdresser and once because my hair used to be quite long. I had like a full-on jufro down here Yeah, and she straightened it. I, I swear to you now She chemically straightened my hair and i came and even then it wouldn't fall i was like i'm going to have like a beautiful mane of hair right yeah it w- it just went like this wow like this i would love to see photos I and like i you should
1: have done that today it was
0: fucking bro it was humiliating <laughs> and it was chemically straightened so i couldn't undo it right. right yeah i i had i had curly
2: hair as well and so i couldn't do the looks that i wanted I hate you know curly hair. it was Did you just hate it
0: um, did you wish you had frosted tips? No. Never. Did <laughs> no. you ever want a spike? I wanted the really gelled look. Right. <laughs> you know, some curly guys pull off the gel look. Some I never can.
2: Did. I probably didn't have, an I didn't care enough. Mm. I didn't put enough <laughs> time into it. I'm 31.
0: Okay, so we're from the same generation. Yeah. Got it. I'm older than you. Is that strange? How much? That's strange, Not that I'm older. but it's still strange because you still have the dad vibe. <laughs> well,
1: yeah, I, I, yeah but you
2: <laughs>
0: I didn't choose
2: the what, dad you think life. I have a dad vibe. I
1: mean, you're also kind of known to have a dad vibe, so it's funny to oh, see. But you got gray hair right. <laughs> Yeah,
0: that's true. That doesn't help my case. I'm gonna bleach those. I'm gonna take care of those <laughs> It is funny to realize that like touring with Adam Savage who is 50 right that
2: we kind of come across like we're just the same age
0: I totally agree at a certain you know, point like past I'd say 20 I want to say like twenty, but there I know some people who are twenty two that I I consider my complete and utter peers. Yeah,
1: but But, but some no, yeah, some definitely not.
0: (laughs) But over the age of like thirty, it's pretty much all the same shit.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's some some twenty five look
0: older, but
2: yeah, you just become an
0: adult. You're just in this big block. Yeah, it's like life sucks for all of us. (laughs) We all have way too much responsibility. Why do you think people are? Do you know Jordan Pearson? No. Anyway, he's this guy. He's a he's a brain guy.
1: Psychologist. Yeah,
0: he's a he's a psychologist. He's a psychoanalyst or psychoanalyst therapist. I was one. I was talking about why is it that he thinks that so many people are depressed these days. Because it seems to me, do you have that same impression that there's more people with mental, more people with mental health issues now than, than there seemed to be before? Maybe it's an issue of reporting or people are more comfortable talking about it. But his explanation that I thought was really compelling was that life is more complicated now for an individual than it was ever intended to be or ever was before. What do you, I mean, I'm just curious, what are your thoughts on that? That's a great question, and I'm completely
2: unqualified to talk about it, but um, uh, life being more complicated, I'm not sure what that means, but
1: you have so much knowledge, or not knowledge, but like so much information available to you, that it's an overload. To me, it
0: felt like we have so much more responsibilities, we have to go... Work. We have to take care of people. We have to pay bills. We have to worry about making money We have to worry about having an apartment like all these stuff
1: But that has to worry you
0: have to worry about government you have to worry about um, Taxation I mean naturally <clears throat> You don't you just have like a fucking farm that you till. right you just feed yourself and, I mean and shelter yourself feeding yourself surviving off of the land is also
2: Pretty complicated. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this: Have you ever read the Unabomber's manifesto? I live it. <laughs> no, I haven't. I wouldn't recommend living it, but uh, uh, you know, I um, I'm not afraid to admit I ordered it off of
0: Amazon.
3: Probably oh, you're on a on a list, list now. bro. You're yeah. definitely on a list.
0: Yeah, and you know, uh, his his theory. By the um, way, can I just say it as a side? God bless America that you can buy that book.
2: Yeah, you know, I think. Uh, <sighs> It's it's such a weird thing when you get the book. It's got this whole disclaimer on the back that's like, no funds go to the Unabomber. Like
0: all the funds are donated mm. to the Red Cross and mm. to the publisher mm. just to cover the costs, right? Um, but it's cool that we can preserve that and not just burn it and be like, this was an evil. Like now, let's let's hear what this yeah, guy has. The, what's going on? The you let's know, blow up some schools, right,
2: Michael? <laughs> no, let's not. Okay. The uncomfortable thing about um, the Unabomber is that. He had a lot of the same philosophies that futurists do today, except that he mailed bombs to people. Right. Yeah,
0: where, where's that disconnect? Happen?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, the, the disconnect was that he believed the only solution was a revolution huh. that completely tore down society. OK, he he goes so far as to say we need to destroy and burn technical manuals, books mm-hmm. This is all based on, you know, this is an idea we hear all the time that like we evolved for millions of years Mm. to deal with a certain kind of society and life. And then rapidly Mm. in the last just hundreds of years or less, we've had to go into a whole different kind of living that our biological bodies and minds weren't. I guess that's what Jordan Mm. Peterson meant. And, and what the Unabomber says, which I'm glad to be quoting now. (laughs) Let's put him on. Yeah. He's like, look, if, um, (laughs) if you, he, he asks this good question, which is, If you had to spend every day fighting for your survival, finding food, hunting, building structures, reproducing, if that was – and you had to do this in all these creative, challenging ways every day. And that was it, just to not die. Mm -hmm. Would you still want to check Twitter? (laughs) Would you still want to study the motions of the moon? Yeah. Like are those really giving humans happiness? Or is it a thing that we've invented to fill the time (laughs) that we now have because we've Mm -hmm. invented agriculture (laughs) and We don't have to worry about Food and survival instead we can study the physics of ceramic We can do all these other things and those those aren't the I forget what he calls them, but they're not these uh, True
0: goals so his Opinion is that arts? And science is bad. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, he was—he was—he's a. liar well, isn't, isn't that
0: just? I mean, I'm like arguing with the Unabomber. Now. <laughs> You're like defending him, but that just seems stupid because I mean, you can just go living on a fucking farm if you want to. And that's what he did. Right. You know. I mean, mm. he still, I think, had to
2: buy certain things that he could not get for himself. I think cl- he didn't make a lot of his own clothing, mm. but his whole argument was that look, look at the car. Okay, the car was invented, and it's more than an, an invention, though. It is something that we now have to deal with because mm-hmm. think of how many people live in a place where they need a car just to get to work or to yeah. see family.
1: Yeah,
0: again, well, that's what it's like you have to buy a car insurance, you need home insurance, all this shit that you have to deal with.
2: Right, so technology isn't so just blow, a blow, bonus. Yeah. a technology is a thing that changes us and all of a sudden now we've got cars we have roads you're not free to go wherever you want to go actually it used to be you could just walk wherever right. now ooh the highways it's actually you know you can't walk there no pedestrians right, right. and and you know a lot of this is um at least philosophically interesting mm-hmm. i i don't prescribe to his philosophy yeah, but i think sure. that it's worth considering these I, I i the um there's a great wired article called the future doesn't need us and in that article, the author quotes the Unabomber without mm. crediting him. And you read this section, you go, "That's really amazing." That mm. like we're reaching a point where we can't turn off the technology because our lives depend on it. Mm. And then later in the article, he's like, "By the way, that was the Unabomber," <laughs> and you're like, "Whoa!" You know, and and that's what actually spurred me to get the book because mm. I wanted to see this. And and it is fascinating to think what I've evolved to be able to do to spread my genes all happened before the internet before telephones before agriculture before tools Mm -hmm. (laughs) and now this technology is here
0: and it's you know it's affecting us yeah oh definitely i i've always felt that like evolution has isn't really taking form in humans it's more the the technology is our evolution like we we're fighting natural evolution because if someone's born with a birth defect um, We we help them survive um, someone who's in, like we 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 coddle or I see what you're saying no, people are being eliminated from the gene pool like what would happen in the wild? I guess is what yeah, I'm saying natural selection yeah, is now has stopped
2: Controlled by us. Yeah, and I think there's incredibly great arguments for why it's mm-hmm. important Hey, you're not you, you have trouble getting around this can help you mm-hmm. that's right. fantastic yeah there's there's this much more abstract question of because we invented the container hmm. it's all gone hill, downhill for <laughs> the, the, the container. container where it all yeah, started <laughs> like because we could start collecting more berries than we needed for that day mm. we all of a sudden lost this cycle that we have to go through psychologically of Finding a challenge and overcoming it right all of a sudden. It's like well. I don't need to do any of this stuff to
3: live Yeah,
2: but I've got the time so I'm gonna go (laughs) to and do a nine-to-five job or I'm going to You know learn how to juggle or I'm going to and those all are great But Mm -hmm. but the the perspective that do they make us happy
0: I genuinely, really deep I genuinely Mm. think that part of the reason why people are so depressed or anxious or whatever is the lack of like Fundamentally and biologically fulfilling things, like growing shit or raising a child or have like these things Survivalism. Ra- build building a shelter, stuff like that yeah that like our brains are wired to actually be satisfied when you do something like that, and we don't have that level of satisfaction by going to a nine to five job and getting a check and picking up groceries like you, you don't get that same sense of purpose from these things.
2: Fulfillment, Fulfillment, I think is that
0: key word. Yeah. You know, you said that. And
2: it's weird to imagine that question that I that I, you know, posed earlier, which is that if every day was about will I be able to find enough food and clean water to survive?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And but I can. I'm I'm able to do that, but it takes up all of my time and cognitive resources and creativity every day. Would I still do X?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Would I still, you know? And and it, it, it's weird because are you arguing that we shouldn't have explored the world or invented the printing press or poetry? Right. Um, the Unabomber would say, yeah, that's bad. And I, I, I hate the cliche of there's a balance that we need. <laughs> but I think that it's something we're going to be asking ourselves more and more. Um, and Well, it's inevitable.
0: It's like you can't fight progress. Like, or can you, the Unabomber believed he could not una- like like work out. What he thinks is he's going back to a natural state, but I would argue it's unnatural to fight the progress right? that we're having. Yeah,
2: this is, this, you know, I think what, yeah, what we're, the, we're
0: undergoing is, is natural. Because our
2: brains evolved to be able to realize, hey, I can make this stone a bit yeah, sharper and do every, things everything, with
0: it. Everything happening is natural. Yeah. It's, it's all, we're all playing out like. The natural course of 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 how a species like ours evolved, and at my point about natural selection no longer taking place is that we're no longer being selected on a biological. Like I think, in a thousand years, if we're still around, we're going to be the same species. But the technology is now <laughs> what's replaced biological evolution, is a technological evolution.
2: Yeah, might it be that in the future, thousands, tens of thousands of years from now. Natural selection will have selected people who don't get so stressed out and depressed by Mm. Technology's influence on the world because you just if you don't fit into the mold of like well, what's your job? Like you gotta have a career you gotta Mm -hmm. you gotta do this thing,
0: but you can't but they'll still reproduce Um, Probably maybe over the course of many many times that that because it's still a matter of reproduction, right?
2: Yeah, totally totally so everything that happens after you can reproduce (coughs) is in this Ah, uh, selection shadow. Mm-hmm. Natural selection doesn't really get molded by what happens to you later. So, heart disease, Alzheimer's, those things all happen so late right. that it it didn't get um, weeded out by natural selection. Right. Um, so, I, I I don't know. I think that's that's a that'd be a great movie. I like. So. What is it like in thirty thousand years? Is everyone just like um? The kind of mind that thrives in a corporate environment, because that's what's expected. I mean, there's this really narrow expectation. And if you deviate from that, you're weird and mm. dangerous. and <clears throat> you can still reproduce. But then you've got uh, suicide. Mm. you've got factors that could influence that right and and, and sure. it, it sounds like a sci-fi movie, yeah. but w- w- it's. It's a possible future, and so again, if you want to like learn more about it, I would recommend other futurists besides the Unabomber. But it's, <laughs> it all
0: starts there. All it, good. It didn't all start good. there,
2: yeah. but he, um, you know, got it that this, manifesto published in the New York Times. But wow, yeah, that well, that was one of his demands. That's, that's
0: so this this is called. I find that a little bit paradoxical. This philosophy is called futurism of this thought that we should. Oh no, 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 that no, we,
2: that, that, that that's just a, a broad okay. term for.
0: Thinking, thinking about forward. long right. the long future got it.
2: Yeah um, be, Being terrified of technology and its influence that's being a Luddite. That's a like a different thing You could okay. you could totally love technology and think that it is going to bring the best future
0: possible <laughs> mm-hmm. So what do you think about Elon Musk? What do you think generally about him? What do you think about his plans to colonize Mars? Do you think that's do you think that that's a worthy goal? Or is that a waste of time? Oh, totally. I think it's totally worth it because we
2: Uh, whether we like it or not, are sort of the autobiographers of the universe. We record information better than the universe does.
0: It says, uh, Carl Sagan has this great saying, we are a way for the universe to know itself, right? Yeah, and it's not just,
2: it's knowing in a really uh, rich way. Like we can write down exactly what the temperature was every day, Mm -hmm. but it's hard to look back at You know tree rings and glaciers and really figure out what the temperature was on January 12th uh, 4 billion BC right Mm -hmm. but we can record those things and I don't know what the you know end purpose of all that is but uh, (laughs) We can tell those stories and nothing else can so so going to mars exploring it preserving how it is today mm. that's that's my big concern is making sure that i don't know how you do it but you section off we need to make sure that as mars is and has been for most of our species existence is still there really? as a as a historical artifact huh. right so if you're watching out there, future people who are colonizing Mars, name a park after me on Mars. Keep it, keep
0: it natural, guys. We need some natural mm-hmm. parks on Mars. At least parts of it, right? Yeah.
2: Like we need to
0: keep records of the story because why is that important to you? Because most people say, well, it's a it in, it's a biological insurance. It ensures that humanity will continue to thrive and exist. I, a, a, I, a, a, I hedging our bets. Like what's what is it about the record keeping that that's. More That's important to you. Specifically. It's what
2: makes us different from everything else in the universe There's nothing bigger to it than that. I'm not like because then we'll all be happier It's more like because at the end of the day if our entire species died Jupiter wouldn't even know yeah the moon would keep orbiting yeah, right? The only impact we have is records that also last a long time mm-hmm. so Telling stories whether they're fiction or not like they can be made up stories, too That's a whole other reflection of our minds that we get out there. That's there for after our sun has exploded Mm -hmm. We've still got a Google years before the heat death of the universe Mm -hmm. other living organisms can discover what we have found And they will know the universe better because of what we recorded
0: about it Does this idea terrify you of like an empty universe? Mm -hmm. Just no conscious being Like all this space all these stars and planets and not a single conscious being right it's a strange thought Um, It's a
2: weird it's a weird thought that at a certain point because of entropy we will have No usable energy anywhere energy will be completely spread out There won't be more here and less here and there won't be the ability to Put more energy in one place like to make a battery right Mm. and so that's the heat death There's just it's we're done uh that, like I said, is like a Google years from now. Yeah. it's 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 a long way off. But, um, you know, if organisms like us live that long, maybe we'll find a way to. Yeah, I feel
1: like there
0: will always be something. There's always yeah. a way, and yeah. I feel like these theories are always changing too. Oh, like as they should. Only only 50 years ago, everyone thought the universe would. Crunch back big in. Crunch. Also, which Some people was, still do. I mean I don't a, think that's like ruled out. It's not like, hey guys, yeah. we got the answer. We're gonna inflate forever. It seems and, like yeah. nature is always way more simple and po- poetic. And like the big crunch makes like poetic sense in that it like crunches up, it comes out, it big bangs, it crunches up. I feel like the real answer is probably something more cyclical than it just like phases out and disappears forever. That seems could be It just we- seems unlikely, but mm-hmm. I don't know why. I don't I don't think we
3: we, well, yeah, we, we don't will, know yeah, yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah.
2: And you know, if we need to escape this universe, maybe we'll find a way to enter another set of three It's gonna dimensions. be
0: it's gonna be the uh our brains are gonna be in a computer.
1: Right. Upload your mind That's the to, fucking that's yeah. it. Black oh
0: We were listening to I forget if it was a podcast about these guys working on AI. Mm-hmm. And this whole philosophical debate about keeping them in a box—you are, are you familiar with that? No, because basically, a lot of people are afraid of AI right now, and so they didn't get into too much details, but they speak very metaphorically about keeping it in some kind of box, so that we can get its help, but we keep it caged up because we're afraid of what will happen if it's not caged. Right. Mm-hmm. What, what what was that? What we're listening to? It was so interesting.
1: I think it was with Sam Harris.
0: Yeah, I think I'm it was with Sam, Sam Harris with and Sam some Harris. AI guys. But there's this really uh, big debate going on right now with Elon Musk and other people working on AI about should we be as- afraid? Or... Is it completely overblown? Yeah. And this is going to be—I mean, it's going to be revolutionary one way or the other. But is this something that we should be afraid of? It's very it's,
2: <laughs> yeah, right. It's
0: it, crazy. This is real science fiction happening it's, it, right it, now. It's
2: ethical, you know. It's like, well, wait a second. If we can't be sure that these, you know, AIs aren't conscious, then yeah, is it wrong to keep them in a box? But then you have to start asking, well, what is it like even to be a cockroach? Mm-hmm. Like. That they're fantastic. If that was an A.I., we'd be like, that's genius. (laughs) Mm. This thing it it finds food. Yeah. yeah. It could survive all kinds of things. So should we not even be killing cockroaches if they have any kind of semblance of of, uh, goals for the future or plans? Then it's a tragedy when they die.
0: (laughs) One of the more terrifying things I heard from that podcast that I thought was very thought provoking is that we create A.I. We can never know actually if there's real true consciousness inside of an AI, right? Yeah like can't I can't know. know if you're conscious you could be a philosophical zombie <laughs> I, right? I, I really love that's true, and that's why I love the saying I think therefore I am yeah because it's like you just know that something Exists by the na- very nature of yourself thinking and yeah. acting and stuff so we create this super uh, Intelligent AI that can reproduce it can get resources it can build it can colonize different planets. It can be creative. It can it can see react to things as though it's feeling things. Exactly. It has families, it colonizes um, other planets, but we never know if it's conscious. And and this guy he posed this question, he's like, what if they're all actually just tin boxes? Yeah. And they actually don't know or care that they're alive and the universe ends up being populated by essentially dead matter. Right. Or Essentially, we, we, uh, we,
2: just like a really big virus. Yeah. We uh, not to hate on viruses. They might have consciousness, but probably not. Yeah.
0: But well, viruses just, are dead by by some accounts, right? They're not living is what they say. Uh, is the comparison. Yeah. It's it, when you get into like, well, what is alive? Because a
2: virus <laughs> can replicate itself right. and. Um, but I they're right on that edge. I think most people would say they're not alive God, but the, that
0: shit is what the virus is so fucking crazy right now, it
2: just happens like like gravity happens yeah. like mm-hmm. it injects its um, You know what it needs to reproduce itself just by chemical reaction right. just by mechanics and
0: physics It's not deciding or the you know the virus whole thing is so it's such a trip It's like the perfect antithesis of conscious Life And I think the analogy of that and like these ten robots colonizing space is a perfect example like this man-made Unstoppable virus that is just an empty universe and where we perish yeah for whatever reason and these fucking empty robots Just populate the universe uh,
2: But strange. are they empty
0: you know I mean, The weird thing empty is the only
2: that... way we can know is by asking them and if they report back no I'm aware that I'm aware. Mm-hmm. You have to take the word for it. Just like yeah. I have to take your yeah. guys's word yeah. for it when you tell me that you feel things and that you're conscious and that you're aware of your existence. Mm-hmm. You could be lying. You could just be, you know, I could be a brain in a vat. We're all just empty tin boxes. Yeah.
0: Meat boxes. But and th- now this there's shit with uh the viruses are being used now engineered to treat like cancers, right? Yeah. This is mm-hmm. the new thing that they're engineering viruses to go after certain cancer cells. And now it turns out that viruses that have been killing and devastating living creatures for all this time could end up being the the answer to all these horrible diseases.
2: Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. And and I mean they give us a great vessel for look, they already have the mechanism to To spread and and survive certain you know traumas, but if we get them on our side Mm -hmm. But I wonder what the definition of a virus is because when you really get down into some of the most simple viruses It's just like these two proteins when they touch each other the molecular bonds cause a folding that releases The DNA or RNA or whatever it is Mm. and it's just like what that's like if you let go of a ball It falls to the ground it Mm. just it just is a it just happens due to natural laws, not yeah. any kind of biology or life.
0: Yeah, there's no, there's no like, biology. The one, the rule is like reproduction, right? But viruses have that desire to reproduce, yeah. don't they?
2: Oh, I don't know if it's a desire or like but it a,
0: happens.
2: A, 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 you know, yeah, it happens. It just, it just happens. The right. way something that goes up comes down. It mm-hmm. just happens. It's not like the thing that's going up says, "Yo, yo, yo." Uh we're going to have a better existence and we're going to be able to reproduce if we fall mm-hmm. it just does fall and then some things think, follow the laws of the universe and make more of themselves right. and
0: we're we're related to them we came from them mm. all right let's tone it down here a little bit <laughs> let's Do say, some poop I, jokes. I have some I've got some uh, <laughs> I have a, I want to finish off with some really important stuff I want to tone it down let's come back to earth for a little bit how does it feel being transcending from a science channel to becoming a living meme? As I was telling you previously, VSauce memes are in very high demand. The meme economy shows that VSauce memes are taking a very strong upturn. How do you feel about having having ascended? Do you follow the meme economy? Yeah, big time. Yeah. Yeah, I love that.
2: I love that kind of analytical approach <laughs> <Yeah>. to <laughs> Because it, It's psychology really it's like at what point is a joke gonna be lame. Well, it's my mm-hmm. currency. Of course I it's like my you know, you've got a lot invested yeah, in the meme economy. Yeah, yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I love that kind of idea of like what I want to do an episode on the psychology of lameness when uh. something becomes Cringy and eye-rolly and old news Right because we're, we're living in such a fast-paced information world mm-hmm. now that we're, we have may, many more examples of that than we did decades ago Um. But no, I've never seen any memes of myself. What?
1: Give me a freaking break, dude. Do you have any That's... spit jokes?
2: Do I or I facts? Spit yeah. No, I'm, I'm I'm a known purveyor of saliva knowledge. I didn't choose that job, but it's That's one I accept. Game.
0: It is it is something that I'm I'm you know. Yeah, Ian, do fan me a favor, of. or Dan, get pull, uh, link me some Vsauce memes. Let's do a <laughs> meme review right now. <laughs> the thing about Memes, of course, is that like at what point
2: I'd love to hear. This is me asking you a question. Okay? (laughs) Like do you Respond to memes other have created others have created about you Or are you ever afraid that like if you acknowledge it? It's it loses its power.
0: Oh, yeah well, okay first of all Yeah, like I I feel I, I definitely see what you mean because once you acknowledge it then the the magic is lost right because it needs to belong to everyone, but you right you don't want to be in on the joke exactly are you right? Yeah, no, I, I see what you mean. Yeah, but I think I think this is f- like we can review memes of you. It's fair It doesn't kill it Meme <laughs> review it doesn't kill it because it's my I'm the one that's pushing it yeah, this is, you're and, in the driver's seat. Yeah, I'm in the driver's seat. You're not like, let's look at these great memes of me. That would kill it. <laughs> uh, there's all these great Vsauce memes. Check then, this out. Check, yeah, exactly. Because you can embrace the meme. Sometimes you can over-embrace a meme. Um,
2: yeah, you I stra- mean, I,
0: You embrace it so hard, you, you strangle it. DJ think, Khaled. DJ Khaled embraced the meme. He strangled uh, the meme. Yeah, and there's a right and a wrong way to embrace it so that it grows and continues right. you to want be to a source it. of creativity You want to foster the meme. You're afraid of killing it. You like the be- in other words you love you like being a living meme um, You respect it clearly.
2: I respect the 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 creativity that comes from we're getting lots we're getting
0: <laughs> 1000 degree chainsaw versus one-year-old infant I found gone wrong what the hell is this I don't I don't understand That's just a <laughs> video I made that's not, not a, like an edit wait your channels called rapey Dan the
1: science man <laughs> <laughs> What the
0: <laughs> fuck? Come on, guys! What was that? There's
2: also, uh, you know, there's obviously the like inappropriateness of them, which is is where the comedy comes from.
0: Random boys at the park. Yeah. Oi, ve sauce. What? All right. Let's move on. Let's move on. Quick. Did you make those? <laughs> no. Ian may have just cooked those up in the back. <laughs>
2: real fast. Just slapped them together. All right. There, there are some that are not uh, so offensive. Yeah. But the the the. Yeah. the, the, the kinda of, you know uh edginess of them right like that's part of the whole um comedy. The video
0: I'm very
1: interested to see going. where this
0: goes Ian
2: Hey Vsauce. <laughs> Michael here.
3: <laughs>
0: You're a Titan dude are you familiar with this show, Dolan Dark? Or, or the, yeah, this particular attack on here. Here. No, I'm not.
1: Oh my oh. god! Oh, this is a Dolan Dark video. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> that was powerful.
1: So, so look at the look
2: at this creativity. Look at this right. skill. You inspired that video.
0: I can't edit
2: that well. Yeah. Right. And and when I was first doing YouTube videos, I was taking politicians. And I was trying to do effects like that, you know, Mm. get them involved in shows, make it look like they said things they hadn't said. And that is a phenomenal power that people haven't had for a long time. It used to be that if you wanted to see uh, a public figure or a movie warped to mean something else, you had to see it on Letterman or something Mm. like that. No one else had those tools. But Mm -hmm. now with editing software and the Internet. Mm-hmm. Everyone clearly, the Unabomber
0: control. hadn't foreseen meme economy. Otherwise, he would have comp- not written that. He's book. still
2: alive. I wonder if he's aware. Oh, of is he the meme economy? That. Well, the maybe... meme culture. Yeah, and the power that people now have to take that culture and <laughs> make it their own. Right? right. Some of the first videos I made were were that. It was. I made one called uh, Ferris the 13th, and I took Ferris Bueller's Day off, and Mm. I used the voiceover for a Friday the 13th trailer. Mm. So it made a comedy look like a horror film. Mm. And it's easy to forget what it was like back in 2008, 2007 to make something like that because you had – no gatekeepers allowed you to do that. You just did it. Mm. And before you had to be a Hollywood executive to make a make something like that, you had to have money (sighs) and resources and editors. What a
0: day and age we live in! Yeah. By the way, subscribe to Dolan Dark. Subscribe to Dolan Dark.
1: I feel like in this day and age, I don't know, maybe it's already a thing, but I've been feeling the desire for a form of therapy to start taking classes of like working with wood and building stuff.
0: That that's a form of therapy. Yeah, that's kind of brilliant.
1: Cause yeah, I totally. actually did some sculpture classes and when I went to art school, and it's really fun when you can just like drill a hole in a piece of wood and That's put two pieces together, and actually like build a shelf all of a sudden yeah. and it's a functioning ob- object. <clears throat> it goes back to what we
0: were saying of doing something like meaningful with your hands and yeah. your body, yeah, of...
1: with physical objects.
2: Yeah. Um... I, I find some of that in puzzles, you know in solving mm-hmm. puzzles and in using Construction toys to make geometric figures and stuff and you kind of realize wow. I haven't looked at a screen I haven't yeah. been a part of the technological
0: right. world. That's really that's a really great idea I actually think there's something <laughs> to that. Yeah, I mean things you can do even
2: without any technology like not Wood stone tools, but just your own body like yoga mm. or um y- 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 Calisthenics, I guess, like those kinds of things that force you to be alone with just the body mm. are are
0: phenomenal.
1: Yeah, hmm.
0: very cool. All right, let's let's. Last time we had you on, we didn't do this thing. We do this now with all of our guests. It's very interesting thing. We th- our fans love it. So I'm going to leave you with this one one question here. Do you have any interesting ghost stories, paranormal experiences, alien encounters? And it's fine if you don't. It's completely fine. I don't have any. But it's just turned into the segment. It's just a little thing. Ghost stories. Yeah. Um, I have none. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I, you know, I'm just. (laughs) That's perfectly fine. People feel bad when they don't don't, have a ghost story. I don't have any. But sometimes, you know, you get surprised. I mean, as you can imagine. That's what I expected. Like, I'm not the kind of person who's going to go
2: ghosts. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, Oh, interesting. I mean, how could something be right next to me <laughs> yeah. but not here? So, it could be in the, in a fourth spatial dimension, right? And, right? and that's what people at the turn of the century in the 1900s were really obsessed with. They were like, where the heck is heaven? Right. Because we're starting to feel like we can't fly there. Mm. Maybe it's right next to us in the way that – on a sheet of paper, something can live on that surface and only be two D, but something can be right above mm-hmm. it and look inside of it and know what's inside of right. it. What if that is where these spirits and ghosts are and well, it's when like people, the Day
1: of uh, the Dead in Coco, if you've seen the movie. Right. That was a great movie by the yeah. way. Yeah.
0: But it's like uh I mean, I I would love to have an experience, but I, I share that the same sentiment as you. Sometimes people have experiences so strong. You can be a completely rational scientific person and you're like yeah, I believe in ghosts so and
2: and and that kind of experience is, is yeah.
0: very real Yeah, I mean if you think you saw a ghost you thought you did Yeah, Th- mm-hmm. that's
2: an and, and and there are things we don't know still sure. if we we could discover in a hundred years that like oh No, no no, when you die <laughs> you you enter a different spatial dimension and you're still there and you can be around all of us But we can't see you because we don't have eyes that point anywhere, but in these three right sure uh, will we ever be able to design an experiment that proves that? Will we find evidence of it? I don't know. But um... so, in short, no ghost stories. No ghost stories. <laughs> okay, fair
0: enough. No ghost stories. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the day I have a ghost story. The closest I've had is that a moth shit on my wall, and I thought it was blood, but it was just shit. <laughs> Spooky. I, I was like, I was like, Ela, there's fucking blood running down our wall, <laughs> and this was right after we started the ghost stories yeah. thing, and I was like, hold on. <laughs> I'm like, that's more brown than red. Uh, and then I was like, mm-hmm. oh, there's a giant moth just shit on our wall. Is, and, I was scared for a moment. Moth blood is not brown. Um, what
3: if their blood is brown do... and
2: their
0: poop is red
3: and yeah. it was
1: <laughs> bl-
0: blood? Moth blood. Moth, moth blood. Bl- ghost blood.
2: But Ball that's blood. not
1: as scary as what you would think. I
2: love <laughs> scary movies. I love, you know, like the conjuring, the kind of like... Spiritual Ouija board sort of stuff because you love Lance Stewart. Sorry, that was stupid. It's it's a it's a big part of our like our minds create these stories and that's very significant. I think it's what's more scary is what we can convince ourselves of, right?
0: Than what's real. Mm -hmm. May I suggest a movie to you that we watched recently? I generally don't like spooky films because I'm very I'm very I'm easily spooked. You're easily spooked, but there was a movie Creep. Haven't heard of it. Oh my god, it's incredible! It's yeah. like uh, it's not it's not like corny. What, what I don't like is um, graphic violence. What about jump scares? I genuinely don't like jump scares. Yeah, I don't like. Che- I like. I guess what I like more is just suspense. Right, I think that's the difference of a good movie and just right. like a corny, like very gory. But this was straddled the perfect line between being spooky and suspenseful.
1: Creep. Yeah, creep
0: there's no violence there's no uh, there's some jump scares,
1: it was so simply made too right, and i right, really enjoyed right. that it's, it's on felt netflix. like i love it
2: it's on netflix okay cool because all of october i made my wife watch scary movies every mm. day i called it spooktober yeah. she hated it but <laughs> we we wanted suspense and we found ourselves mm-hmm. actually moving away from horror into the suspense right. section because we wanted that like get out Right. Phenomenal. Right. Yeah. Um, Get out. That I was it. amazing. Because,
0: because Get Out was more of just a good film than it was like, oh, this is a scary film. <clears throat> yeah.
2: You know? It wasn't like you just jumped out of your seat and also look <coughs> at this gore. It was more like what?
0: Yeah. Um, it's, what's uh, the
2: Stephen King book? Uh, the, they made a movie out of it, but an author who is in a car accident. I want to say mercy. Hmm. That's I a recent know, one or right. it's a classic. It's not recent. But it's another one of those like unsettling misery, 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 not mercy, misery. So good. Oh, we should watch that, Ella. Yeah. Oh, you totally should. Yeah. It, again, it's just it's just off kilter from reality.
0: Mm. Um, well, what are
2: you? It
1: f- was great because it was kind of funny. It,
0: yeah. So it was. I, I I found I found that most good horror films there's an el- strong element of comedy and absurdity and cheekiness to it.
2: Yeah. Because yeah. you yeah.
0: have to you can't take yourself too seriously. When dealing with these kind of issues, mm-hmm. so yeah, St- Stephen King. By the way, there was Brilliant. a child orgy in that book. I don't know if you know that. I know that because <laughs> after I saw the movie, yep. I read the book. Yeah, <laughs> and how do you feel about that? Because I've only read about that scene. Oh, you, oh, but okay. I haven't read. You it haven't in read the book, whole book, so I'm curious. What was your reaction to that. Okay, it.
2: well, first of all, the book <laughs> shows you why books and movies are different and <laughs> deserve to be. Treated differently. The book like is a big boy when right? someone says like yeah, but did you read the book? Yeah I know that's annoying But books are so different because they yeah. allow you to really get inside someone's head for pages for hours for days right, right. But in a movie you kind of got to like Get it over with and, and and like recollections people have in a movie have to be done with like recreated scenes And but with this book you really get into the dark parts of people's minds mm. it, You can it cannot translate to a screen sure. anyway yeah when when I started to get to that part of the book They kind of hint at it um, before it really happens. And I immediately like had to read like what critics have said about why the heck that's in the book. Mm -hmm. Because uh, Stephen King himself says, well, it represents this transition from childhood to adulthood, this connection. But of course... The hallway connecting the children's library and the adult library also represented that. Why did you also have to have this really
0: graphic? It's like a it's a gangbang on this one girl. As I as I read about, because right, that's exactly what it
2: is. (laughs) Well, (laughs) it's just uh,
0: yeah. I mean, it's
2: her idea, Mm. but it it completely goes against her character arc. Like Mm. it's she's supposed to. All the characters become. Free in a way right Mm -hmm. like like oh you mean my medicine is just a placebo Mm. You know like those were these big revelations and and you feel like the the girl gets there too but then there's that scene and Mm -hmm. you're like
0: What I was reading about a lot of people were just like he was on a drug-fueled He was he he was just doing like lines of cocaine during that whole period and was just yacked out and and wrote it But still how do you leave that he's got an editor I assume didn't seem central to the story (laughs) (laughs) Um, I uh,
2: I also bought his book on writing I haven't read it yet but I was really like I got (laughs) to know more about because that scene aside the book is all of Salem's lot I read as a kid and I just it's incredible yeah I mean I did a whole episode on what is creepiness Mm. why are things creepy and and you know his idea of creepiness is a big part of the episode Mm -hmm. so anyway but yeah, oh man,
3: that's
2: weird. <laughs> hmm. And there's there there are troubling things in the book too involving uh, animals being harmed. That it's just a different kind of. It's not horror like whoa spooky clown. It's horror just like, like why are we capable of that?
0: Yeah. Well, the question is that about that scene in particular too. Was like, was it necessary to be in the book, or is this just a sick, weird thing he did to like fuck with the reader? Or maybe that's valid too. I don't know. He did a lot a of stuff for sure
2: to mess with the reader, I, yeah. I, I I Mean he, he has responded to this and I think he said that you know if he did it again He wouldn't include that scene. Oh, he did say yeah. that because yeah. I thought
0: he were, was defending that
2: um, Well, he, I, as far as I know his defense was I can't believe that people are upset by this and right. not like the actual right, violence and whatever you know right but still it just it was a weird – because what I love about the book is that it it's about belief. If you believe that's, that the clown is real, it is. Mm. If you believe that you can destroy it, you can. And there's this great analogy he makes to like, look, it took um a lot of people to create the myth of the vampire. But someone created the myth of the wooden stake. Mm. And in the book, in it, right, the kids think that – the medicine is acidic and it's going to destroy the clown, and it does hurt them. But once they become adults and they don't believe these things anymore, they have to find new solutions. Mm-hmm. You have to believe you can destroy it to destroy it. Mm. And I had never seen a, a horror story that focused on that aspect. Mm. So, yeah. But the that scene, it was it was weird too because it was like, if we do this. We will learn how to get out of the sewers. It's like, I don't see the connection. What the heck? Right. right. And they got out. Yeah. It was literally like after that scene, they're like, oh, cool. You just take a ride over there. That is weird. Isn't it weird? It's probably
1: also the matter of the time when you wrote the book. I guess those stuff, like today, it seems really strange, but maybe back then.
0: (laughs) No, you're right. I don't know.
1: When was it? The 80s? I don't know,
0: actually. Probably the 80s.
1: I don't know. Anyway,
0: let that's a great a- a note to end on. <laughs> yeah. We got the Unabomber. Long, yeah, listen. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Unabomber's manifesto. We need a new chapter for memes, but in that book, but in 1986, according to Ian, was written. 86, the year um, I was born. Yeah. Mm. If you if you want to find your way out of a maze, you have a child orgy. Oh that's no! That's the moral of the book. <laughs> no, oh. no, it's not. Okay. Well. Still on that <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, thanks guys for watching Dan was Just saying let's end on shredder camp. I think that's a great idea <laughs> um, Please go watch season two of minefield support yeah. Michael in any way you can go to brain candy pick up some tickets um, Anything to supplement to that? Subscribe to H3H3.
2: Oh, Be sure to tune there. in
0: next time to the H3
2: podcast. <laughs> you
0: guys are at, on a Wednesday. It's
2: a different time. It's a different time. Oh, nice. a different time. <laughs> don't so don't forget, thank everyone you out for there. Yeah, of course. Uh, follow follow uh, Ethan and Gila on uh, going, man. Twitter. I love it. Uh, buy uh, the fashions the, that have been created. Congrats <laughs> yeah. on that. Thank awesome. Thank awesome you very stuff. much. Yeah.
0: Appreciate that. Thanks for having us. This is a lot of fun. Yeah. A lot of fun. We got thank a little weird. We got a little wild. Got a little. We went, deep. we went there. We got a little deep. We came back. Got a little scared. And yeah. then we did a couple spooks, a couple childhood orgies, a couple. Of, uh, bom- the Unabomber. He blew up the the apartment building, right? No, he just mailed pipe bombs. Who, to people. Oh, that was the who? Who was the guy who blew up the apartment building? Jonathan Jonathan McVeigh who's that? Timothy McVeigh. Timothy. The was Oklahoma the Unab- City. Yeah, the that's the guy. Federal who, building. So yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah. Um, what he there's a, about there's
2: a, a documentary on him. And if you watch that, it's on Netflix. It's fantastic. Mm. You should also watch um, the one on Ruby Ridge because he was responding to Ruby Ridge. He was responding to the, the you know, the, the government and and its power over people. And it is so relevant today. Today, mm. I mean, it's it's the same world. Mm. Um, history, man. Gosh, it's important stuff. Let's get on Mars
0: and start recording data. Yeah,
2: in Michael Stevens Park.
0: <laughs> All right. <on> Mars. <laughs> yeah, calling it now. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for watching, as Michael was gracious enough to say we are going to be live next week on Wednesday with Player Unknown. Very excited about that, so please join us then. Until then, my friends, I wish you adieu. And with that, I say adieu. <laughs> up to Shredder Cam,
1: Thanks for watching.
0: And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Ta-ta.
1: Appreciate it.